0: To an all new episode of the Creators Outlet podcast, right here on YouTube, and soon anywhere you can download a podcast. Make sure if you listen to it on podcast form that you come and check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, ring the bell for all notifications. That way you can see everything we're talking about because obviously images are not included on podcasts. Also, don't forget if you're downloading us on Spotify or iTunes. Please rate the show. The appropriate number of stars, of course, is five. And we hope to see you again real soon. But right now, we're going to welcome our special guest this evening. It's the one it
1: only takes,
0: very Art. What's up, uh, dude?
1: Hey, ahoy, all of you sagacious scallywags out there in TV land. <laughs> How you doing tonight?
0: Oh, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Fresh cup That's of coffee sad. and ready to go
1: outstanding outstanding That's, uh, I like that I like that I like my coffee I like my Zeus strong black and extra large
0: <laughs> uh, I scared a bartender one night when I asked her for a cup of coffee and she's like how do you like it I go I like it like I like my women she's like oh black I go no ground up and in the freezer <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice there, uh. there was like drool coming out of her mouth a little bit and, uh, it's like
1: do I call the police?
0: The look of terror in her face oh, as, no. as like three people at the bar laughed hysterically. So, you know, I felt I felt better about myself. All
1: right, so somebody got it. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah.
0: Um, so
1: tell us about yourself. Um, well, uh, I'm. Um i am the creator of scalpel zero the prototype cyber droid apex predator from the year 2065. uh but you probably know me better from the unbreathable skunk girl from good dog press uh i was the number one hype guy did the big wraparound cover over there and i've done some covers and stuff and Whatnot? Uh, i kind of i kind of hang around on the periphery you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> um i've worked as a commercial art storyboard artist concept design art director for, uh, almost two decades in the entertainment industry. Yeah, uh, I've been around for a minute, but just in, in different areas. Um, and uh, I, I'm a big proponent of indie comics, huge proponent of indie comics. I like the, uh, I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, so you know I like the little guy. I like the underdog.
0: Uh, <laughs> see, now, now we're going to be fighting because. Uh, when I used to give two craps about football, uh, Denver, Denver was my team. So, Ooh, oh no, we are unofficially mortal allies.
1: Hey, that might actually get me to watching sports ball again. Um. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am, and always have
0: been a huge hockey fan. Okay, so I'm like all my friends were football guys because it's a lot easier to just you know, devote your life to a sport that only lasts 18 weeks. Ah, there you go. There you and go. I'm like, 18 weeks? My team's already played like 37 games in the time that you've done your whole season.
2: All right.
0: It's like, I, I like the sports where they make the athletes actually work for their
1: money. <laughs> right, right, for real. Um, I always enjoy a good doubleheader. Yeah. I did. Uh, I did see a...
0: A, f- a funny, weird, not haha, so much. Uh, funny, thing. interesting. Yeah, the the Cincinnati Reds uh, have now opened a sport book at their stadium, but Pete Rose still can't get into the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh man, that's um, that's some shady shit. That really is. That's messed up. Yeah. That's messed up Goodness you, know, gracious.
0: you know it's just like mm, I'm really not okay with that and it, it could be the fact that I'm old enough that on Saturday mornings after cartoons and western yeah. spaghetti westerns were on uh I you know at, right after lunch I could watch like a half hour of the baseball bunch with him yeah with Johnny bench and Pete Rose. And
2: yeah.
0: I'm like, I thought that was cool. Cause I was, you know, I'm old and that was on TV at the time. And I was in little league. And when I wasn't in little league, my friends and I were playing, you know, baseball in the street and getting yelled yep. at by all the neighbors, even uh-huh, though we, uh-huh. they were trying to figure out how we, uh, smash tennis balls through people's picture windows. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, you, you guys need to go to the field. Oh, okay. Right, right. And okay, it, I mean, it, you, We're going to need a cooler with uh, snacks and sodas, then.
1: Right, absolutely. Okay, okay here you go. All right. There you go. There you go. That's so, a good way to get a bribe.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it works, you know. Um, so, let me ask you what originally got you into comics.
1: Well, um, I, I grew up in a, in a comic book family, and uh, my mother was good friends with uh, Julia Schwartz. Oh, and wow. So um, my, my first comic was a Doom Patrol, which I read to pieces, and my mom was just like heartbroken because she knew, this is, you know, before the big collector's boom, that was still worth money. And, uh, she was like all upset she admonished me and, and apologized to him and he was like wait so what happened is like oh i read the book to pieces and he's like oh that's perfect i couldn't have a better answer uh but i really wasn't like you know i read comic books i i picked up comics at the local spinner rack and stuff like it but i wasn't like really like into into comics until he man came out uh i was that prime demographic i was between ages eight and ten <laughs> and uh it, each action figure came with uh, a little short like eight page comic book mm-hmm. and uh then i started drawing that and uh when i was 11 um started like that's that's when i really got started drawing that stuff was when i was 11 years old and uh julie keeps julie's in town for a convention, yes. uh, and so he's visiting and he he sees my little art and he's like so hey would you like you know he sparks up a conversation to ask me about this you know like oh what's what about this you know you've been reading comics for a long time but you never drew any comic book stuff and uh, i was like i was all into he-man so i was talking it up he goes well next year uh would you like to come to the convention with me and i'm like yeah sure so the next year i went i was hooked 13 i submitted my first portfolio <laughs> Wow. I, I I was hooked, man. I was hooked. I fell in love with it. I got to get around the scenes and behind the scenes and meet all these rock stars and these up and comers. Uh, I met Norm Bray at the time we were pals when I was, when I was a teen, we, we were, we were convention buddies. Like if I was, if he was in town, we were hanging out. And, uh, uh, that was, that was like right about the time he got the shadow of the bat and we kinda of geeked out like schoolgirls at that. that was, uh, and I I've, took
0: I've I took, still got those books.
1: Yeah, that was my first subscription with Shadow of the Bat too. And I got it just because I knew the guy who was working on it. <laughs> no other reason. Wow man. <laughs> uh, and I never even knew how important Julie was. I just thought, oh, you know, he was an editor. Like, okay, so he had a job at one time. Um and it was like, I, I didn't even realize it until I was like in my late teens. And then I really start. I actually looked him up, right? And I was, like, was like, holy, holy crap. crap. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, I never the resource I had, you know, I got to hang out with, uh, like he always hung out with Gil Kane and Murphy Anderson. Like mm. those those were his hands, you know, that, that that was the terrible trio of DC Comics, man. Those those three right there created what we recognize as classic DC Comics, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they were the key engineers behind that. And uh, so getting to hang out with those two old coots was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was funny because I never really even knew that they were artists for the longest time until I actually went to a convention and found out that, that they worked in comics. I just thought they were his friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, these are my friends. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. Yeah, you might have, you might have seen some pictures that I
0: drew. Uh, <laughs> right? for, you might have seen some pictures I drew for, I don't know, The Flash... There was like a, a 12 cent price tag up on the top corner. Uh, yeah. The, fir- the, the first showcase appearance of a uh, Green Lantern fighting a yellow missile, because why not? Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and it was kind of cool. I had my first inking lesson from Murphy Anderson. Oh, nice. Uh, he was inking an atom piece and, uh, he was just kind of like, he, he just kind of like looked over and kind of like you know moves his head over. And goes, hey, you want to learn something real quick? I was like, yeah, sure. And because uh, I think I had like known me since I was like eight years old or something like that, you know. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, no, that was my first inking lesson. Uh, it was an emphasis on lying weight and direction of light, and it sticks in my mind to this day. It's
0: a very important lesson, by the way.
1: It is. It is. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the story about how I got into comics. Um, wow. Uh,
0: and uh, I won't say I hate you, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. I, on, a, on a jealous level. Um. Hold on. Let me get this up first. Uh. I fucking
1: hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's acceptable. That doesn't say, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll accept that one. Because,
0: like, uh, I I was only holding on to a couple of subscriptions uh, at my local shop. Yeah. Uh, that idea not included because I consider that more like an indie thing, you know, indie small press thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and because i have been collecting batman and detective since 1974. oh wow and this bs that they're all doing that i mean so like there was a lot of stuff like man what the f is this this is stupid i go but i'm in the middle of a storyline i gotta see how it ends so I right. went. I went through, uh, and and stopped my Batman's uh, after the City of Bane storyline. Okay, but then yeah. con- but then continued to buy them uh, from uh, Comic Book Shopping Network from uh, Justin James Comics out in Arizona, uh, where I have an account. Um, for back issues mostly right right and uh so I I buy I buy from him on his you know on his online Facebook sales and stuff um I used to buy like crazy because he used to have like insane deals on everything uh now not so much um but I quit buying stuff but then I see like every issue is you know this big giant like first appearance thing and then there was you know the punchline thing which you know ended up being nothing but i still have i still had like the issue and then i had the following issues and then he had like an exclusive like number one of hers and then i was buying the joker issues which they just they just canceled the series i mean i've got the original joker run from the 70s multiple copies of uh and so i was getting i was getting those two books um, Justice League Dark because I like that whole premise, it's just awesome,
1: right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. And uh, this is
0: all for the best. um, Immortal Hulk because that was like rock star comics, right? And uh, then f- for the first time since like the 90s, I quit the Hulk. All they had to do was say, yeah, we're taking the guy that's been writing the Hulk and has built up the readership to millions of people worldwide again. And we're going to give it to Donny Cates. Oh, oh! now I've had run ins with Donny Cates. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It was, you know, it was it was very civil. Um, I have typed in hashtag. I hates the Cates so many times on my phone. All I have to do is hit hashtag, and the letter I, and it just comes up. <laughs> ah. And I did that one day on on the Twativerse, and uh, he responded, Uh-oh. I don't think that's going to get you uh, the reaction you're hoping for. I go, no, it did get me the reaction I'm hoping for. My My reaction was for you to respond to me so I could just say something to you. And right. that something is that I have thoroughly enjoyed a lot of your work off the mainstream. Uh-huh. You know, I've I've read you know a bunch of stories that you've done for different small press companies, and I thought they were great. But you found a you found a a method that I will refer to as the comic writer's rhythm method. It doesn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> And you found that, and then you just rinsed and repeated with that ever since. Uh, Uh, The biggest thing that I hated, outside of, um, I will call them the millennial simps for Venom.
1: Oh, yes. It
0: should should be. Now, I like Venom. Right.
1: uh, As a... Backup character. Yeah, he's, he's a good side story character. Mm-hmm. O- Omaki is the, uh, is the uh, Japanese term for a side story that pertains to the main story, but you don't have to read it to get the whole main story. But if you do read it, it enhances the main story.
0: Uh, just like I heard from uh, reliable sources that the side story in ISOM 1 was better than the entire book.
1: Yeah I'm hearing uh, like kind of lukewarm reviews for that, which uh, it's not bad for a comic these days. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah and it, you know with, with the you know with the natural, you know with the sense of entitlement that everybody has nowadays that uh, ugh, how dare you not write this for me? Right? If you open your mind and you can enjoy the story, uh, I don't mind the story, but I don't want you to preach to me in the story. And the the whole narrative from like Marvel and DC. Well, there's always been politics in there. Uh, uh, yeah. You might have touched on what the politics were, or what the you know what the issue of the day was, right? And then you you let people put two and two together. You know, you didn't jump on a microphone and start screaming in their face and and spazzing out. <clears throat> because right. uh, you know, as a woman, you thought I misgendered you as a woman. Because you know,
1: not for right. nothing. <laughs> no, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Yeah, no, it's it's it, the reactionary culture that's going on right now. It's uh, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, people need to slow down for a minute. And it's okay to disagree. It's okay to discuss the science. Uh, but there's too much, you know, assuredness of opinion. And mm-hmm. confidence is good, but don't get penisy, kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's just...
1: Oh. <laughs> I, I, I love the family guy, uh, Star Wars, uh, as you can tell.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh what was it, Blue Haven?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest. Harvest yeah. yeah.
1: Blue Harvest. It, I, I loved it. I, yeah. Even though they said some jokes that I've been saying for years, like something, something, dark side. Something, <laughs> something, complete. Oh, uh, it's just, it, it's great. I, it's like, I, you know, I, John Wick is, and then they killed his dog. Oh, thank you for telling me telling that joke in a good way.
0: Uh, I, I would have never gotten that. Um,
1: <laughs> that movie is literally a meme, and I love it.
0: <laughs> it's just so good. It, it uh, I what what was like really hilarious is, uh, like I'm a big Liam Neeson fan. Uh uh-huh, huh. It's just it's just fun for me as an older guy. To see an older guy going around whipping an ass and taking names. And right. uh, and i i one of my guilty pleasures, Neeson wise, is of course the movie Taken. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah. in my mind, you know, if I wasn't in the chair, that would be me every time I thought something happened to my daughter. <laughs> Right, uh, and it wouldn't be pleasant for anybody, you know. No, right after, right
1: after I get out of prison, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I, I have my my middle son is autistic, and so sometimes he will ask like the crazy, crazy, like, what if a killer broke into the house? <laughs> right, I'm like a villain, like he still refers to bad bad people as villains right and he's like what if a villain broke into the house and he's like he's he's throwing me these curveball scenarios <laughs> like like what if they're juggling juggling a, a saber tooth tiger and and a chainsaw not like that but uh, you know that's that's my running joke it's like good lord matt <laughs> i love you
0: <laughs> well at first i would sit back and enjoy the sideshow and, right
1: and, and then he would be dead <laughs> Yeah, I would enjoy the sideshow, and then I would end it. Like uh,
0: my uh, my one of my cousin's wives is, uh, shall we say, very proper, mm-hmm. and and super left lady, um, liberal from wherever she's from. Uh, <laughs> but I taught like when my daughter was really young we used to do like you know different kids songs and stuff and and one day she heard she heard this the the mockingbird diamond ring song oh no right so she's singing it and i almost drove off the road when she did and if that mockingbird don't sing it would be dead <laughs> Well, she she did this uh, at Thanksgiving at my cousin's house. <laughs> and his wife was disgusted and mortified. Aww. And you need to tell your daughter why that's wrong. I go, but is it really? And she looks at me. I go, I'm sorry. Uh, you probably couldn't offend me if you tried. Like, I might get mad. But I wouldn't be offended because you know what happens when you're offended? Nothing. You continue on with your life.
1: Right, right. Now now you're just expending useless energy.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you know
1: instead of trying to affect the positive change that you would like to.
0: Yeah. It's, why it's why problem. are you why are you so offended that you're being offended for other people
1: when they don't care? Yeah. Yeah, well, and sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Other times it's a split. It all depends uh, what what part of the uh, town you're in.
1: Right, right. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I often find a lot of people try to read into things like way too far. And I'm like, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Mr. Freud.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, and... Once in a while,
0: if you're having a cigar, you might also be having a cigar and scotch with the, you know, at the bar with Billy Tucci and Graham Nolan.
1: Oh man, that's like life goals right there, man. I I met Billy Tucci once, uh, I think a, a, a couple of times, twice, yeah, twice when I was a kid. Uh, he was at the WonderCon in um, Jack London Square, Oakland, California, before it was in that before it moved down to Anaheim, right. It's like back in the early '90s. This is like when she like first came out, man. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he he was always he was like way cool, way cool, man, from the beginning, humble as heck, uh, and just a, just a really cool cool dude. Uh, gave me a lot of great advice. Uh, and he I am glad to see that he's still the same awesome guy.
0: Oh yeah. Uh he he hasn't he hasn't changed much at all. I I still get like excited cuz every in a while he'll like like on a post that I put up on like Instagram or something.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no he's a fan too. That's that's a that's a really awesome thing.
0: Yeah. Um back in 2019 Hold on a second. Mm-hmm.
1: Joe. Oh, Joe. Good to see you, you magnificent bastard.
0: Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe.
1: Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> Oops,
0: wrong show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2019 was the first um, convention I had gone to uh, post-coma. Mm-hmm. And I was writing for uh, Outright Geekery at the time okay which i n- no longer am but i still am kind of like a point person for certain uh publishers to uh they send me stuff and i just forward to uh, the owner's uh inbox okay uh and i do that so well i can get free times um hey. it's it's oh, not I a lie it. and i once in a while i actually get a you know I go yeah that was pretty good i'll do a uh i'll actually do like a five minute review on it or something
1: nice Uh, yeah it's one of the reasons i come to this channel is to go find something new oh cool oh yeah definitely no I, i love that i'm always looking for new stuff um i grew up in the san francisco bay area uh which is renowned for its underground scene i mean like the, the, the stuff that, that comes out of there is just awesome man um and the underground scene is 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 pretty pretty hopping uh well it was when i was a kid you know of course you, you partially because you know you've got that, that hate ashbury you've got berkeley and all these places that are ruined now um mm-hmm. but where we've got a lot of counterculture you know what i mean uh get weird stuff out of that. This, we're this, you know, this like the Simpsons life in hell. Um, R crumb, R crumb. Uh, yeah. I, and I'm glad to say that I have, I've actually met him and, wow. uh, I, he reluctantly and curmudgeonly reviewed my portfolio and, uh, gave me some of the best advice I will ever receive. And, uh, it, long and short of that advice is do it your own way and do it well. Give a damn whatever what anybody else says you should do it as. <laughs> He's a very cantankerous dude. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Well so yeah. I had gotten uh I'd gotten press passes for uh Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh-huh. So I'm in like I'm in southeastern mass, so that's the that's the closest one that at the time my transportation company would would ferret me to the uh-huh. uh and I got in early, I had to go there on a Friday, which they would just open for like a few hours to actually get my press passes for the weekend and then I had to go back you know Saturday for the day and Sunday for the day, and I didn't have a power I didn't have a power chair back then, right. Uh, so it was difficult getting up a ninety degree ramp into where they had artist alley because they they took up the uh the old civic center, which is adjoined to the uh, convention center, which is adjoined to the hotel via Skybridge. Okay. But you have to go in through the civic center oh, and move and move along from there. So it it's a it's a big it's a big to-do. Um but that year, and I am so angry that I didn't buy anything from him. But yeah. I got to meet and have about a forty-five minute long conversation with Neil Adams.
1: Oh yeah, no, a good guy to talk to. Uh, a lot of wisdom. Just, just don't trigger him. No, very uh, easily I, upset. <laughs> I, I
0: already knew. Uh, you know, from from other people and people that I've talked to, uh, you know, even uh, a certain uh, mainstream anchor, uh, oh. Scott Hanna. Oh, he's like he was. Cause I I talked to I had interviewed him in like an early show, and he was a great guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I go, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to a convention. I'm going to be meeting. Uh, Neil any words of wisdom and this was like off air he goes uh talk about his favorite subject and I just looked at the camera and he's like uh his favorite subject is himself yeah oh, okay uh so I so I did that and you know told him what a big impact he had you know him and uh a few other people from DC and had made on my childhood uh because I would only have, I only had the spinner rack at the local family-owned pharmacy up the street from me. Mm-hmm. And there was another small chain pharmacy called Ben Franklin about 10 minutes down the road. But, you know, as a five-year-old, I wasn't allowed to tra- traverse the main road. <laughs> so right. uh, Um. now all those, I asbury very hippies that fought against the man. They are now sponsored by Pfizer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. They sold out, man. They sold out worse than the than the hippies who became yuppies. Uh, yeah, it's
0: it's it's kind of funny that is that uh you know it's it's almost like the opposite of the, the old Ric Flair credo. Right. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Now it's to be the man, you have to just stomp your foot. So a lot of people uh, a generation or two ago being like, oh my God, we are so screwed when these screaming kids from the supermarket grow up. Guess what? They did. And now they're in charge.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. No, dude. Yeah. It's positive reinforcement of negative behavior That's that's going on. Oh, yeah. Too much of it. And it's like... No 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 no
0: yeah you should not get a trophy for just showing up.
1: Unless it's like really prestigious, like you were in the quarterfinals, here's your quarter you know, like the honor roll. That's that's the closest thing you should get for but I mean for that, you know, but like yeah, I get what you're putting. down. If yeah
0: if you made it in, it was like the it was a it was a team effort. Yeah. You know, unless you were on a team with Shaq or Kobe, then you were just there.
1: Um, yeah, you, you were there to cheer them on.
0: Yeah. Come on, Big Diesel, now now, make sure Christmas time you give me some of your stock options for Google.
1: Right. That's all I want for Christmas. Because
0: I want to I be rich for doing nothing.
1: Right. Money for nothing, chicks for free, so yep. on and so forth.
0: It's the American dream. It is. It's the new American dream. The old American dream would be, let me get out of this crazy country uh, that wants to uh, burn me at the stake for saying Bloody Mary three times in the mirror. And... Uh, right. And, uh, you know, let's dump some tea in the harbor. You know, <laughs> I would have never thought the place that the Revolutionary War started uh, would would be the, the same place that... Uh, would would spread uh so blue right? I'm like, we just want to get out of here and move you know further south, and I hate the heat, but I'm like I go, well, I'd rather hate the heat than you know have to worry about you know stupid stuff, yeah because you know. You know, defunding police, and it's like,
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Well, you know, it's like uh, I, I agree. Reforms, absolutely. Oh yeah. But these these, not to get too political for a moment, but the, I was like, dude, why are you voting for the current president? This guy loves the police. <laughs> like he he's given them so much authority over the years. He he loves the he loves the police. Um, uh, why are you voting for him? Pick another one. I'm not saying don't vote blue. I'm just saying pick somebody else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe pick somebody that you know didn't about- say didn't say something like this. Busing isn't going to work. I don't want my kids going to school in a jungle. What? Oh, <laughs> it's like I no, know. but 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 Trump's the racist.
1: No yeah I, it's like yeah no and I don't even have to get there I just I just gotta go yeah no look look this guy this guy built the police state and and the vice mm-hmm. president loves the police state as well and um, and he
0: loves putting people in jail for uh you know marijuana not, yeah, and, yeah and and so does the vice president who uttered nobody deserves to be in jail for weed really like the 1200 people you put in prison while you were attorney general in California
1: yeah for real (laughs) for real um no for real i was like there are there are plenty of people to choose from there are plenty of people to choose from when you take the money out of politics you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. citizens united needs to be revoked in my opinion needs to be needs to be revoked because it is just done damage it's, it's okay. almost as bad as the Department of Education, because before the inception of the Department of Education, we were in the top 10 of the most educated nations in the world. Now we don't even make the top 50.
0: No, because it's
1: just a. Uh, they teach everything as a meme. It, their, their educational method is flawed. And uh, they, we've seen it twice with Common Core and New Math. Remember New Math? Oh. Uh, yeah. I had to learn that. Then I had to unlearn it
0: and, and <laughs> common core was even worse. Like, oh, for real, my daughter was like astounded when she was little. How did you know that answer? Cause I did it in my head.
1: Yeah. I didn't have to do all these extra steps and get a wrong answer doing them. And, and
0: all those extra steps were just to keep you occupied in a learning method to keep you occupied for life. Doing thirty-seven extra steps, so you couldn't see what the right hand is doing.
1: Right, yeah. No, I think the Department of Education should be really limited to to oversight and capacity only. Personally,
0: uh, and
1: the uh, you know the like, current
0: teachers' unions need to go away because
1: well, we have a we have a we have, the, the the big problem is that we're we're also we're like we're grossly. We're 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 hemorrhaging money in the education,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, like we're spending way too much on materials, on useless programs. There's a lot of waste. Uh, There's a lot of nepotism. There's a lot of crony capitalism up in there. And it's like, look, get these people out of office, get some competent people up there that actually know how to do math and can balance a budget and say, well, no, we're not going to buy that textbook one. It's got too many typos, Two. You're charging way too much for that. Um, yeah, one, like, one of the projects like spend, spending a hundred
0: thousand dollars on a screwdriver
1: from the military. Right, and one of the projects that I have lined up uh, over the next five years is to do historical comics. Uh, I have an actual like his, U.S. historian, and he's also um, classic Mediterranean uh, period uh, historian as well, and uh, we're gonna do some. Uh, some historically accurate comics. We're starting out with Shays Rebellion. Oh,
2: nice.
1: Which is, uh, that's uh, that's the original uh, disgruntled debt movement where it was like, hey, you promised us five shillings a month and uh, 20 acres of land. Where's my land and my money? And the U.S. government just turned out its pockets and said, stand by to stand by. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little two-week rebellion led to a four-month-long court trial. So uh, we're going to do this as like a court drama. We're going to flash back to the battlefield. It's going to be all sorts of Perry Mason.
0: (laughs) Oh, better Perry Mason than She-Hulk attorney at law.
1: Oh, no. No, and this is all like from court records. But he's a historian. He can go places that us mere mortals cannot go. We're not allowed to go touch these documents. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We're not allowed in the building unless we're like we got to fill out a mile of paperwork and insurance forms uh, because we could we would you know sneeze in the wrong direction and destroy priceless history. Uh, uh, but we've got we've got copies of the documents, all the newspaper clippings and stuff like that. The cover of the book is actually going to be the newspaper clipping. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're gonna well, not all the not directly, specifically, but it's going to be like all the articles that pertain to that directly. So it's not it's factual, but fictionally presented. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a series. uh, It's going to just be a short series of uh, like a little graphic novel or and or we have two proposals and we've got the people lined up in the L.A. City Council, Los Angeles Unified School District. But that's, I got to make money first, but uh, and for a cheap price, too. So that way you get real history and like tests, you know, uh,
0: uh, something functional. You, you can become the total twins of the comic book world. Right. Uh, Hojo says, cut federal funding to the Department of Education. Leave education up to the states. Yeah. 50 states vying for the top spot. Competition breeds excellence. It sure as hell does.
1: Yeah. No, I remember growing up in California, we were always at odds with New York back in the late 70s, early 80s, because we were just like, no, we're the best at education in Massachusetts. Like, no, no, we're the best. And then, like, you know, you had people, these states were competing with each other. It was good. Competition is yeah. healthy. And he Especially says, if you're competing for money.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Hojo says he sees it every day. Kids are taught what to think versus how to think. Yeah. Drink up, smoke up, uh, refuse facts of nature, and yeah. uh, you
1: know, and, and, so, and or believe, at least... believe the
0: science unless it's chromosomes because that's bullshit. Um,
1: yeah, no, <laughs> and let's not have an actual uh, conversation about human psychology and biology and how that matrix interacts with each other and different social standards and. Uh, you know, it ultimately just be good to each other uh, yeah. and nobody cares. Honestly, get to the point where nobody, it's not a deal. It's like, it's, it's no different than, than, uh than your, than, uh, than anything. You know, we, the, the most, the thing we should get most serious about each with each other is sports teams. And even then, not even that serious. Yeah. It, it's you know? like,
0: it's like. Because you don't have anything really to do with a sports team. You're just a fan of that sports team. Yeah. And 90% of the time,
1: it's just your
0: local team.
1: And I'll, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's like, you yeah. know what? Let's talk about something different. I don't want to talk sports teams anymore.
0: Um, unless you have a stake in ownership of that yeah. team. You know, it's like you're psyched when they win the championship. And you're yeah. kind of bummed when they don't. But then, you know you get to watch like regular tv and stuff for the yeah. next two weeks because it's not taken up by the championship run in your area i mean but, you it's know.
1: you know like it, it just equal treatment under law you know if if something is available at, at a fair price le- is legally uh, obliged to be available at, a, at within market regulations you know like our utilities are very poorly regulated these days utilities but our utilities they they fall into like this category that yeah yeah, there should be no difference rent yeah absolutely because to do other pays paychecks absolutely because to do otherwise is actually in violation of existing federal laws yeah kind of like everything
0: going up on a on the chart i saw the i showed the video where it was showing the nothing else increased but the but the prices of of everything yeah food energy it was it was like you know top gun did a jeep G- g-force climb and and here we are
1: yeah yeah well and it's because it's not being properly distributed the people at the top are getting greedy yep. and it's like look dude don't get greedy when you take greedy out of the equation there's and you pay people a fair wage like Tank Fair presents my company um we are uh, you know we we pay up front and then we've got profit share on the back end to make sure that a steep Ditko or a Jack Kirby never happens again that these guys, you know, when they finally pass, they're surrounded by hooker nurses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're talking prostitutes with medical degrees. <laughs> because why? Because when Steve Gitko passed away, Spider-Man was raking in billions of the box office and he was living in government housing.
0: Mm-hmm. And getting screwed for everything.
1: Yeah. Living off of social security. And it's like, dude.
0: And, dude. And, and do I dare bring up the name of Bill Finger?
1: Oh, poor Bill Finger, man. So that's one of the things. Like, I, I've I've got a partner now. Uh, he's 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 going to be my senior partner in this company, and uh, we're we're going to be bringing it. Twenty twenty three is when we really start to get that ball rolling. We got a crowdfunder coming. Well, we actually we got a couple of comics that are on set. We're not doing any crowdfunders yet yet. We've got uh, Zero to 12, which uh, is a cyberpunk story that takes place in the jungle and uh, of uh, the jungle of uh, Central America in the uh, demilitarized zone between the Panama and Guatemalan canals. Super fun. And then we've got Paul Roper's 21 Demons, which is this is like Dragon Ball Z meets Abrahamic um, lore, you know, like like the angels and the demons and all the end of days and stuff like that. It's got the protagonist. Guy is a hybrid between, uh, uh, uh angelic, angelic DNA, dragon DNA and human. Uh, so that way, uh, he, he's the ultimate, like, you know, representative of good, but he's, He's got he's got a learning curve that he's got a learning curve, man. You know, oh, yeah. don't get pennies, a kid. Um <laughs> and his his adversary is someone who's been biding their time and they're ready to get this ball rolling. At the end of days, that they want to unlock the prophecy of the 21 Demons so they can so that Lucifer can reshape reality in his name. We'll hit the reset button. So everything is at stake. This hero better learn. He better learn. He better learn quick. Uh, it's it's a fantastic book, 120 pages, full color. Uh, it's currently in final production, and uh then once it's formatted, we'll be going up for uh pre-sales on the retail version. That'll be a short period because we do want to get that a quick turnaround on that. Uh, and uh the collector's edition as well. Um for for that and then uh I think it's uh yeah we have a March uh uh we have a March like uh what do you call it shelf date of March next year Mm -hmm. so um that means people stores stores and people who who pre-order will uh actually get theirs at the latest you know January February yeah And of course, digital, of course, digital. Come on out to the modern age. Get with the digital.
0: That's uh, digital is officially the Australian variant.
1: Right. I found a great printing company, by the way. There are two really good printing companies. One of them is in Sydney. The other one's in Perth. Just got to go look them up. Go to the local city directories. And go look at the printing companies. Any city that is a major financial institutional city, especially like uh, Sydney or Melbourne, uh, they always have good printing services. They will not list that they can do comic books because it's not even on their radar. But you just talk to them, talk to them. You know what I'm saying? That's that's for everybody out there. Oh, holy cow, Hex Allen out in the crowd. What's up, Hex? Nephilim Squadron. Love Nephilim Squadron. Oh yeah.
0: Dude, I, I love that anime cover. Oh, for real? For I'm, real, like, real. I'm like, dude, this is like Robotech Star Blazers stuff. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm in my jam again.
1: For real? I was like, dude, this is like Robotech Star Blazers, Space Above and Beyond, Battlestar Galactica.
0: The original one.
1: So- yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I'm getting all the good vibes. Uh, I was like, if any of these fools bust out with some mega abilities, I'm calling in some Lensman action on that, too. Uh, Right? (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, And I'm I'm a big supporter of Hex. I love him. He's a great dude. Uh, Produces quality content. And he's one of these creators that's been leveling up so oh yeah yeah like severely like like bancroft and Vic king you know uh edwin the ace sim poitier uh, uh, uh tyler mm-hmm. you know I'll talk uh like uh, uh shabby uh with yep. the comic vestry uh um otis stein with skinny yeah yeah I'm tra- Abs- uh,
0: we're trying to work out uh, a schedule thing so uh, Ed wouldn't come back on and talk Bloodbone because that thing looks just badass.
1: Oh, for Ooh. real! I've already got the Ace on my Comicscape Mega Collage, so I'm just gonna have to get Bloodbone on there as well. It's gotta happen. Very nice. Yeah.
0: We're gonna we're gonna break real quick from a for a message from uh, our sponsor. And, All right. Uh, I will tell you that uh, if you're one of the people that already back this project the books are in and boxes will be going out soon War is a topic of vital importance a subject of inquiry that cannot be ignored it is a matter of life and death it can be a road to safety
2: or to ruin. In
0: an alternate version of our world, brought to the brink of Total Collapse, rival nations fight for global
2: domination, and elite pilots in futuristic combat suits
0: wage war on the battlefield of tomorrow. Now, six brave soldiers on a seemingly routine rescue mission, encounter more than they bargained
2: for, and uncover a dangerous secret that could change their world if they live long enough to see it.
1: Bam! For real, I love that one. And I'm
0: I'm so excited that the books are in. Uh, I'm happy for them. Uh, they can officially stop sweating. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Because uh, in the Northeast, we're we're going into the cooler months, and and sweating will get you pneumonia. So that's uh, right. That's yeah, right. We, we we don't want none of that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I now reside in Illinois. Um, so, oh, you
0: poor bastard.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not too bad. I'm in a purple town, so. Oh,
0: cool.
1: Uh, yeah, and they're, and they're more, more community-based, so they're, they're not very political, although it is a university town. So, you know what
0: that means. Yeah. Yeah. But but still.
1: But yeah, but it's more A&F, so it, it is a little little bit of a break.
0: So not too, shabby. Not too I, shabby i actually sold uh i had bought the uh i was collecting thor again for a while uh-huh. and i had gotten the first uh appearance of uh thor love and thunder tits uh and issue one there and i'm like oh my god they're letting her be Thor. why 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 i read it it, it it was a, it was an OK story, but it skyrocketed in price. I sold the entire run to a buddy of mine and uh, that bankrolled me uh, getting the collector's box in the merch box for Mavericks. Oh, there you go. So I'm, I'm really not making any money. I'm just exchanging goods and services. I exchanged the goods that I had and I put it right back into a service.
1: I think when that came out, because uh, I walked away from from mainstream comics in '97. Oh, yeah, that's a long time ago. Um, yeah, I, wa- I, I I just got sick of it. I've I, I've read some things in the interim, like uh, I rather enjoyed Son of the Bat, the trade paperback, in the Flashpoint mm-hmm. trade paperback. Uh, I enjoyed Ethan Van Sciver as his run on uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, that actually brought me back to reading Green Lantern for a little while. Um, and. Um, but mostly, I think at the time that that that, that Thor storyline was going on, I was reading Mouse Guard. Uh, from uh, I think his name's David uh, Peterson.
0: Yeah, great book.
1: Oh, dude, I. Man, I was a junkie. I was just like every dude like I was I was coming back. I didn't know what day it came out so we come back every week to the store to check and see if the next issue had arrived i was just like yeah is your issue in now then give me a pack of magic cards i'm out of here
0: <laughs> and, and, and why don't you sell bags and boards that fit mouse guard for, for real <laughs> i've got a couple of books that are like larger than the mouse guard one um but in that in kind of like that same format And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's of course Batman ones, but it's like, it's like some of them are like new pulp stories. Right. Um, you know, using those characters and others are just, uh, you know, reprints of like the old comic strips.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, what's really sad is that when Disney, um, acquired Jim Henson studios, uh, henson was in product the the henson studios was in pre-production on uh a mouse guard oh man disney buried it they just did yeah they buried it and um i think part of the reason was that uh, david didn't want to like part with his rights and as well he should because the most powerful Mm -hmm. word in all of entertainment is no yeah exactly yeah but i i was still regardless of that that i was i was bummed out because i was really looking forward to that i was like oh dude that's gonna be the coolest thing ever um and i would still love to see it hey if i ever get that kind of money i i'll make it happen <laughs> just just
0: imagine like a dark crystal version of mouse guard oh man for real original oh, dark crystal not not netflix
1: i i didn't think the netflix one was so bad i enjoyed it a little bit it didn't have the same rewatchability that the original dark crystal did because oh, yeah. it did have so much studio interference
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and the creative process uh but uh i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it all okay
0: yeah it it wasn't bad but like you said you know it's it's like okay it's it's one of those it's one of those mm-hmm. things that uh, certain movies have and certain movies don't have. Yeah, like it's called heart. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh, called soul. Yeah, like, somebody somebody
0: with a soul wrote the script.
1: It's it's like they took the soul of the script and tied it up like Hannibal Lecter.
0: Yeah, well, you know that's what happens when you you sell yourself to the devil.
1: It, it was there, but it just wasn't allowed to come out. You weren't mm-hmm. allowed to fully hear it. I was like, man, you oh, y'all were on to something here. But ultimately you have failed this city. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just like uh yet again CBS refusing to air any of the uh the peanuts holiday specials.
1: Oh I know. I know. And now that-
0: somewhere I probably own them on on like you know. An all in one DVD. But uh-huh. after they broke the news again this year, uh, of all things, Apple TV announced that even for non subscribers, there will be a window, a non pay window open where during these dates, they can watch the Thanksgiving special. During these dates, they can watch the Halloween special. During these dates, they can watch the Christmas special for free on us and i'm like oh how special of you right for a a company that pays their workers 53 cents a day um (laughs)
1: one of of my creator one of the creators here at, at tank bear presents uh you know that's his his stuff's not coming out until um geez uh Hold on one second. I got to nuke this. I have a phone ringing in my ear Oh. and they need to. uh... Okay. They did. They hung up. Thank you. I appreciate you. I will call you back. Uh, Uh, Apparently
0: they're not subscribed to the channel. Otherwise they would know you
1: were right. Uh, But yeah, so I've got a creator and yeah, he's his day job is uh, he works for Amazon and he's in a rush to get out of that job and... But this, the thing that, that's unfortunate, because I'm a bit of a stickler, like I I said earlier, that I've, I've got some work background on the production side, uh, the leadership production side of, of projects. So uh, you, you don't go to full production on a project until it's baked, mm-hmm. right? It's got to at least have legs to stand on. Uh, and so like, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Ah, uh, this project is absolutely just awesome, uh, and we're hitting full production in March. Should be array- available for uh, August delivery. So, we might do a crowdfunder on that one. It all depends on where we're at. What if we need to try and get some more infrastructure, uh, or are trying to release another product because we've got tabletop games coming out. Um, I'm, I'm bringing the pain to Games Workshop. So i'm I'm gonna put that out there i'm gonna bring the pain to games workshop with a buy-in point on a game that's much easier to play and much more nuanced at the same time and with with clear defined rules so you're not spending 30 minutes arguing whether or not a or b happened uh or minutia of of distance right just get on and play the game and have fun uh yeah and and a replacement for hero clicks without the annoying clicky bit where you could have everything uh-huh. from E.B. Herman to uh, versus Steve Urkel all the way up to Goku versus Superman.
0: Okay, like I love tabletop games. Oh sweet. But until about a year ago, I didn't have anybody to play with. Uh-huh. But now I have uh my lovely wife slash girlfriend and... uh Everybody goes, oh, is that your wife? I go, yeah, back off. Uh, right. And, and she likes games, too. My daughter loves tabletop games, uh, but she won't play with dad, uh, apparently. <laughs> One, that's not cool anymore. And, and two, uh, she likes to win, and I make it difficult. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to get a participation trophy when right. you're playing a game. And I taught you at a very young age, the first thing you need to know is family don't mean jack when you're playing Uno. <laughs>
1: uh, wiser words have rarely been said. Yes.
0: So, uh, uh, so my daughter like learned to play Uno like a couple of other like playing card games, and uh, the other year for uh for Christmas I got her uh exploding kittens
1: oh well uh, Omniverse incursion which is the name of the um is the name of our our pocket game so to speak with the uh, different hero figurines and uh just a couple of cards and a die uh and uh, it comes with its own terrain pieces. So uh, you can actually play solo mode on that, too. Oh, you cool. Little, you can play solitaire, essentially. Uh, and it is a lot of fun. Quick, easy to play, clear, defined rules. Uh, the, the point of the game is to have fun within a structured environment where dang near anything is possible. Right?
0: Nice. You know, Although... the spirit of the game. <clears throat> hmm? I remember the "anything is possible" format of the original Marvel superheroes role-playing game. Oh goodness! Where where Aunt May could actually move the Earth out of its orbit?
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, and that's where point value comes in. You know, a good solid (laughs) that's that's where game balancing really takes place. Is when you have like one of these scenarios, like like 40k or war zone or war machine um you know for tabletop strategy games or like hero clicks or the 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 star wars little uh the the star wars little space battles one that was out as well um that the key thing is that you you have to balance on points you should the only errata that you should you should ever have to publish is you know what um this, the point where we, we change the point value for competitive, for, for competitive play, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we messed up. Turns out it's more OP or it's not as good as, as our math said because that's the hard part is developing the algorithm that says, well, this has a value, but people are going to break the meta. They're going to use this stuff in unusual ways. They're going to break it. Uh, and, you know, and that's, that's what I, that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. So we got World War Hell. That's uh, 1942, September 1942. All hell breaks loose on Earth when portals to the Infernum open up in the nation's capitals around the world and demons come pouring forth. Baby, we got Franken-tanks. And that's very every bit as awesome as it sounds.
0: Uh, before you uttered the word Franken-tanks, I was about to blurt out, and that's where Congress came from.
1: <laughs> that's where congress came from well and it plays into the lore too because in order to open the portals they uh you, we, we find out pretty early on that they had infiltrators kind of you know marking the spot so to speak and that's why it happened where the centers of government were around the world in september of 1942 at the height of world war ii you know stalingrad has is reached its peak the battle for stalingrad has reached its peak this most desperate and just when things are most desperate you know now you've got hordes of hordes of demons come rolling in so it's it's a it's an open table strategy game like well warhammer 40k Mm -hmm. it's got deep lore uh we're coming out with box sets with uh I, th- I think I think the big starter box set that gives you like a, a decent sized army for two different sizes so it's for two to four players, for a hundred bucks, right? And mm-hmm. like a one player full starting pack, uh, about fifty bucks, or and, and same thing with the with the uh, with the uh, one to two player starter pack that comes with two different sides. Um, for for about 50 to 70 dollars we're still trying to get that one nailed down uh right but and it come with everything you have to play and if you want to spend more money cool we got deluxe editions too they come in cool boxes and they everything's all like pretty sorted and whatnot but the inexpensive ones they just come in really durable boxes that's very much like your classic game box it's mm-hmm. got like that those those carpets those uh those compressed cardboard uh slotted dividers where all the stuff gets where the cards get stuck underneath mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey you know we're bringing that price we because you get the box set for warhammer 40k it's like over 200 dollars, and it comes with two mediocre forces and it's and like then,
0: and then when you're like i really need a this or i really need a that right and you're like what do you it's two hundred and fifty dollars just for that,
1: and you have to have a headquarters unit and two troops in order to play the game. But that's because their point system is is bad. I mean, it's not like Palladium Combat rules bad, uh, but it's bad. It's really bad. Um, it's based on
0: how much money you can spend.
1: Yeah, and they and they're constantly, and stay married. Yeah, and they're constantly uh, changing the statistics and not balancing on the points on the back end. Mm Um, their point system is just, it's not good. Um, and it's a a simple app. Everybody's electronic these days. So we got a pen and pad in there to help you keep track if you're like a dinosaur, but uh, for everyone else, there's a QR code on the inside that you can just scan with your phone and grab the app real quick. And it'll, it'll, it's your nice little assistant.
0: Uh, I I would be the dinosaur that would scan the QR code (laughs) because right math yeah, is, no. math is hard and uh i would rather yeah. play more than uh sit and be like okay take somebody go out and get pizza this is going to be a while <laughs> i think well, you do know math.
1: and it's it's simple it's simple math too because when you think about it it all breaks down to measure countermeasure counter countermeasure that's it if your gameplay on a tabletop game looking at your games workshop has you roll in like five phases looking at you, Palladium. uh, and you're <laughs> trying to resolve something really quick. You're bogged down for 10 to 15 minutes, trying to figure out between like a fight between say like 30 to 40 figurines that are yeah. arranged into two or three units, or two to four units. And it's like, dude, that's way too long. And then you spend another 30 minutes fighting about the rules and about measurements. Um, we've got some new measuring tools for the starter kits too for the that's the thing about the uh the starter kits because we want to get them into like games into like actual like into Walmart and stuff like that Mm -hmm. eventually uh and that's why we're trying to bring the price point down uh and still deliver a quality product like here's everything you need to play the game it's simple cleanup simple setup it's got little cardboard tokens to help you keep track and throw your enemy off as well uh demon princes versus some of the most legendary armies uh that are jacked up on a on a a need to encounter a new type of enemy like mixing and matching tank parts uh and uh new units uh the armies of the world that have special abilities that make them absolutely unique like the united kingdom commonwealth has the best assortment of special forces from around the world uh, they've got Gurkhas. They've got Sikhs. They've got Bushmen. They've, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that's that's one of their big things. Is like, oh, you asked for infantry. What flavored your chap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. We've got the Africa Corps. Yeah, they're super fast and the little Franken tanks that like we took out the main gun and we replaced it with like a, 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 a quad uh, twenty millimeter anti-air cannons pointed forward because you know hordes of demons
0: and uh where where the where the original tank cannon was we've replaced it with a assessment airplane engine so it can move
1: (laughs) right yeah no um and and that's that's something for further down the line because we do actually want to bring in air combat so that way you get your little aerial type of thing uh, even a fun, like, kind of, like, Axes and Allies, like, simple, like, family board game mm-hmm. uh, where people could pick, like, different sides. And you got, like, little special abilities because uh, we've got, like, Leviathan uh, is, the, is the demon prince that invades London. Uh, the first box set is called London Falling, even. Wow. And it's fantastic. We've got incredible demon designs from many different artists and uh we've we've put a decent amount of capital into this so far we've put a decent amount of capital i think probably about uh about seven or eight thousand dollars has been spent developing this project
0: now the one question i have to ask you uh game wise is there's a there's a local game store to me that has uh three locations in the mass area okay and the, uh, the general manager now started out as just the store manager at the one closest to me. Mm-hmm. And is if he's not 100% knowledgeable in all the games, then he knows a little something about all of them. And if not, there's somebody else hanging around the store that knows everything oh, about that game. I love that. Um, but the one thing that got me, and and you you named it in the price point, that some of these games, like even some of like the single player games, like uh-huh. like a deck building game, for instance, oh, yeah, is, thirty is like, forty
1: dollar buy in, is, is
0: like well, like you know, if they're not on sale, you you might be looking at like you know fifty dollars for like you yeah. know one of the starter kit, and if you want like the deluxe edition of like. The Marvel game that came out that took off oh. like crazy, um, it's like, you know, it's like a hundred, hundred ninety-nine $199. I'm like, yeah. It's a game.
1: Yeah. Uh, and those, and, uh, and the people, here, yeah.
0: most of which have never been opened.
1: And the, and the people who did the logos, who did the typesetting, who did the artwork, who shaped those models, none of them got a, a piece of that pie. Nope that's that's the that's where tank Ferret presents comes in because those people hey we make a profit the company makes gets paid when uh, first we pay off our debt right the debt for the mm-hmm. project and then at the, after that when the company receives its first paycheck so does everybody who worked on the project
2: nice. and
1: so uh, and and that and that's where the royalties kick in. That's where royalties for licensing kick in after you know licensing fees. Uh, that's where the licensing royalties kick in as well. So that way, that's fair. Um, and it's not what the industry standard is. The industry standard is very predatory, and people seem okay with it. And I'm like, no, no, we're just perpetuating the beast, my friend.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's let's get some good, fair business in here. Uh, and happy employees promote their company they promote their product they're like oh yeah no see you see that little uh you see that superhero character over there from uh from uh vicious uh king comics you know vicious inc comics big v- kings right because mm-hmm. we're gonna we're bay wars gonna be in the omniverse incursion thing we're, we're working on that we, we've got a bunch of other like it's gonna be fun i know it's crazy crazy talk but uh uh you know we got it like it's the omniverse incursion not the multiverse it's all the universes all these different universes that even universes that aren't supposed to interact with each other well you know what you the fans can interact you may never read a book uh with these two big characters crossing over but you can make your own adventure uh and we've got uh collectible like uh, land plates and every character comes with a signature base um which can be used as a starting point or as an end point as a goal point uh, you can collect special goal points so there's beep packs we got gotcha pon too for cheap we're looking at we're looking at like retailers being able to sell an eight dollar gotcha pon that they paid like five bucks for you know so good profit margin on the retailer side and with lots of fun little figures mm-hmm. that are beautifully modeled Uh, Definitely up to the highest standards that you see out there with these gorgeous crowdfunders. Oh, my goodness. Some of these crowdfunders for uh, especially the ones that are legally distinct yet similar to Mm -hmm. um, like that quality. Spared no expense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy that for a dollar.
1: Hey, you know, and we want to do what, you know, Games Workshop once a month gives out a free mini. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to be able to do that, too. And that takes investment capital that takes uh, an incredible marketing. Now, here's the this is the rub. It's like, yeah, you can put all this infrastructure together and you'll lose you'll lose your shirt. Right? It can be the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're going to lose your shirt if you don't have solid marketing. So the marketing firm that I've got lined up to do all uh, our social media promote to get eyes on direct traffic to our social media, right, uh, is used by some of the biggest name drops in the, in, 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 that you know and you see on social media these days. So uh, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. Um, the, the investor is uh, the guy who's, who's buying in, who's going to be my senior partner in this company. Um, you know, he's he's gonna over the next five years he's gonna be dropping a few million bucks just to get this thing started, but legitimately. And that's that's why when people go, Oh, Ethan Baskayver and, and and Eric July, they've made so much money, why don't they have an empire yet? And it's like, oh dude, dude, ten million dollars is not enough to start a company. Nope. <laughs> not not on the scale that you really want to see.
2: Yeah. Uh
1: but, <clears throat> they do organic marketing, too, is so that they can bring that price point down and have enough infrastructure to even warrant more marketing. Uh, You know, it's it's a brutal game. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, I remember looking around and being like, you know, back before I got sick, I was making I was making what I thought was good bank. And then it turns out you're like. You live on that? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, I go to work three jobs. I go, I go. Why? He goes, because I'm married and we have five kids. I go, well, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I'm married. I have got a full Brady bunch, and uh, it ain't cheap. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Even when it is cheap, it ain't cheap. Nope. Uh,
0: my fourteen-year-old needs braces for a second time.
1: Oh no! On the bottom, and uh, yeah, I'm my five-year-old going for another round of dental surgery.
0: Oh, so am I. Yeah. What's, what's funny is that if she lived with me, it was on my insurance because I'm disabled. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been, you know, pretty much free yeah um but because she because she's supposed to live with her mother uh and uh you know she yep. lived with me up until i fell ill and you know it hasn't been until like the last year or so and i'm still like you know battling affliction so mm. but i'm more in a place like yeah i'm just gonna to go to the hospital i'll be back in a couple hours they're not going to want to keep me. There's too many people uh, thinking they got COVID because they sneezed on the way to the market today.
1: Oh, dude. For real.
0: That's the quickest way to clear out a store nowadays, though.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, there's the last packet of, of Funyuns. Achoo! It's mine now.
0: <laughs> or better yet, you go, you walk into an aisle and there's like 17 people, like all triple masked. And you just pull your own finger to you know, because you know, I always say better out than in. And you let one (laughs) you you let one rip, and now it's trapped underneath all those masks. So there's people like running out to fresh air and ripping their masks off. And I'm like, ah, ain't it grand. (laughs) So this game thing is gonna be a huge, huge venture.
1: Yes, and this is our spearhead. This is our primary operation because what's coming with every product. Let me go back to the beginning of the show. What got me into comics? Those comic books that came with the He-Man figures. Mm-hmm. So we're putting like little eight-page comics in all the packages, um, little tiny like uh, three-panel strips in with the gotcha pawn. Uh, it's going to be comics everywhere on the back end. Right. Um, Eric July brought a bunch of people who are interested in liberty and small government into buying a bunch of comics. He expanded the market. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Ethan Van Skyver brought a bunch of people into comics because they were upset about being discriminated against because they voted for somebody the other person didn't like. Right. And yep. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out into games. And that's where I'm going to go grab a bunch of people. And we're going to put our best foot forward. With this, and with something that's fun to play, easy to learn, with uh, you know, yeah, you you fluff out the rules in a nice big rule book, but then there's a little appendix back there called the the, the, the rules uh, the rules in simple in simple language, right? And it's just written out in that format style that the rules for uh, Risk are laid out. So it is ironclad on the back end.
0: So you have the big rule book and then you have the cliff notes.
1: Yeah, cliff notes are in the, are, are one of the, is going to be an appendix. So I love, I love. cliff. So that way it's just super simple um, with a with the glossary and uh, with a table of contents uh, broken down a couple of different ways, or I should say uh, index in indices uh, in the back broken down different ways. Like, well, okay, I want to look up this kind of stuff. I want to look up this kind of stuff. I'm looking for lore or I'm looking for rules. Um, and I need more of an explanation on the rules, right? I want to see some examples. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, that's, that's all in the appendix right there. Uh, you know, here's the rule. Here's example A, which is on page 53. Uh, here's example B on page uh, 74 and 75. You know, stuff like that. right. And it's a lot of work. We're hiring a bunch of artists. Um, We're hiring a bunch of artists for the project. So that way we've got that fun. Uh, We're hiring everything from like seasoned professionals to up and coming uh, people, uh, people up and coming out of the amateur world. Uh, Because it's like, look, I love that style. I think it's great. Here's, here's your, uh, your, your resource material. I want, a picture within these parameters, have fun. Like, get crazy with it. You know, get, have, have as much fun as possible. We want to inspire players to customize their units. To uh, get, get funky with that cheese whiz, as the, uh, as the phrase goes.
0: Now, one of the most important parts, because outside of game stores, uh, a lot of people have limited space to play a tabletop game so what's the
1: uh oh it comes with a board on the inside the starter each starter set comes with a couple of boards okay and uh they're broken down on a hex grid
0: all right so so you you don't you don't need like an 8x20 uh you know lunch table from your local high school i mean you ideally
1: yeah you totally want to do that but yeah if you're like say at a coffee shop and you've only got a little bit of room you're like okay well let's just do you know small point uh, battle uh, pick your pick your units man uh, pick my units Wh- which board do you want to use I got I got a couple of them you know they they, fo- they fold up so they fold in half because of the uh, smaller starter set this the one to two player starter set is a mm-hmm. smaller box and uh, so that one would come with one and then the larger starter set that the, uh, the the two to four player starter set would come with at least two. I mean, just thinking about, like, just the size of the box. Um, and another thing is that we will be offering digital products. So if you're a hobbyist and you've got a 3D printer at home, why would you pay $1,000 to build the most epic army? We can just buy one of each.
0: <laughs> Where makes- you, you can just buy the STL files off yeah. of us yeah. and run it yourself. And now 3D printers... Yeah, are kind of affordable again.
1: We have OBJ file. We'll have like you know OBJ files and STL files that already have the. It's already set up for an optimized print, so it's plug and play. Yeah, it's like just make sure your bed temperature is good and uh, that your machine is, is set up properly. But the structure on that is good. Uh, we've we've wasted a lot of money making sure that that print comes out perfectly every time
0: yeah and it, it takes a while to to make anything so it's like well i'm going to start this right after i have my morning coffee and yeah. I'll, I'll see where it is uh around dinner time
1: yeah and and we are going to get into the world of injection molding in the long run uh but those machines ain't cheap they start at about hundred and twenty thousand dollars. yeah uh Uh, But that is, like, at that point, like, when we get to that point, hopefully in five years we'll get to the point. We've got a dynamic marketing campaign. We have uh, a few short films that are in in production right now. Shooting actually starts in a couple of weeks on those. Uh, Yeah, man, we're bringing it, dude. We are bringing that. We are taking... We, we are taking a dump inside of a paper bag, putting it on Games Workshop's front porch, lighting it on fire, then standing across the street under the street lamp, slowly smoking a cigarette, staring them down as they try to stomp it out.
0: As we play a little Ding Dong Ditch. Oh, Winnie, yeah. the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh style. The horror movie. The horror That's movie, right. not the old storybooks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just standing across the street. Just give them that thousand-mile stare. Even though you know we don't smoke, but we're smoking a cigarette now because it's for thematic effect. Well, yeah. I, I smoke, but most of the other staff doesn't. So <laughs> I'm that guy who has to go outside every hour. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're really a lot of a lot of work went into this. A lot of infrastructure. A lot of business stuff that is. Uh, ultimately very boring for folks, but, you know, go check that out. That kind of stuff on value attainment. Um, they do talk about like, you know, how to set up your company, how to get the legal paperwork in place. Uh, the contract lawyer that we've got is does gorgeous, non-hostile ironclad agreements under the, under the original pretext of, the purpose of the contract being to protect the interests of all parties involved right mm-hmm. and, and make sure that this is a fair deal this is actually uh, as as the, as, the as, as my senior partner put it he said the thing that really got me was that it had good math and it's the fairest deal in all of entertainment and he's been working in entertainment with um with uh, insert name drop and uh top upper percentile of insert platform of of of, of entertainment and uh so we think we got something going on here and we we think this is good uh and so we've got the three-year experiment you know what i mean like three years let's turn a profit let's make it happen and we're debuting at the london film and comic book exposition uh, festival that's it the london film and comic expo uh, festival uh next year Oh, wow. Which is uh, Games Workshop's Home Turf.
0: Ooh.
1: So um, we, we, we're coming out and picking a fight with the biggest dude in the prison yard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this guy has not been nice to the other people in the yard. Uh, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like... Uh... Hey, motherfucker!
1: Oh, and it's fully compatible with the Omniverse Incursion, so uh, you could take uh, you, know, you could take a variety of I can't can't release you know who we have yet, but you can take some of your favorite indie comic characters and see how they do against a World War II company or a horde of demons. Ah. Uh. You can have fun because it's the omniverse incursion. It's stories that never were. They happened, but they never happened. You know what I'm saying? They don't interfere with continuity. It doesn't touch a creator's thing. This is where all those, even like the weirdo fans, can go have fun over here.
0: I did see, and I was following them for a while, uh, it's just their their price point was... A little a little steep for me mm-hmm. for a role playing game, like you know, a role playing book. And I know it, like, I know how much money these things cost oh, yeah. to make.
1: Yeah, and how
0: much licensing fees and this, that, and oh
1: that. dude, especially if it's a licensed IP. Oh Lord. They had gotten a whole bunch of
0: different IPs, and the one that stuck out to me was the crow. Mm. And then I saw Highlander. Okay, okay. And I'm like,
1: oh, snap. See, that's the crossover I want to make happen.
0: And there were a bunch of other ones, too. But those were the... The crow was the one, you know, like old school caliber comics crow. Uh, Yeah. And I'm just like, damn. That's cool. I love that. Uh, and the way they they wrote up is the the whole thing was that you know you're creating your own story, and all these different characters can exist in the same universe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you now, and for fun, we were we were um, for fun. Uh, I, I was translating other systems to the Stratego maximus system uh that we're using for omniverse incursion and world war hell um and uh and a couple other board games that are in pre-development right now uh but still that way you could just play with each other right just it's plug and play simple um and uh and 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 i was like i was like I, i i went and i translated what a space marine actually would be not the games workshop rules but i translated a, a space marine from lore into this system because the, the games workshop it does not portray space marines on the battlefield properly mm-hmm. uh, primaris marines are closer to an actual just generic space marine rules wise right uh, and uh Uh, dude it was it was great i mean it was about an even match between one space marine and a small world war ii combined arms company (laughs) one dude uh and it's it's funny it's like holy cow man makes you makes you put scale like really in so if you had say hypothetically a character like um oh say pit right Mm -hmm. a big hulking brute. he is he is bulletproof uh like the only thing that gives him pause for concern is a 50 caliber api you know what i'm saying like something that can break he probably has like a full-on stopping power of like 4a you know what i mean and so like yeah no having him probably like 4b but um But, uh, you know, have him go up against, say, you know, a bunch of Roman legionnaires. <laughs> How many Romans would it take to stop a pit? <laughs>
0: All of them.
1: <clears throat> right. Is it even possible? Um, Probably not. Right. Is it even possible? Because there are some, uh, there are some, some caveats to the point system where it's like, look, if there are, are, we call them red flags, right? And if you see red flags, it means that there's no amount of point balancing that can make this fair.
0: Even if you had Achilles standing with the Roman soldiers.
1: Right. Yeah, well, if Achilles has his mythical weapons, you know, and he has a bunch of, uh, say he has a bunch of uh, Myrmidons uh, with him, and uh that would be a heck of a fight but mostly because uh he achilles is running an operation human shield (laughs) yeah (laughs) quick jump in front of the danger for me all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can get in some kidney stabs see if we can perforate this kidney (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know wear him down beat him up this guy's got a lot of hit points how many dice you he got up here? Oh, two, because we're using ten-sided dice, so it, it doesn't matter if you're playing like, if, like, say you had like Goku versus Superman. Okay, cool. Well, say hypothetically they have a million hit points, something ridiculous, right? All right, well that's seven dice. Honestly, you need six. You could just start at nine 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 nine, right? And just say, yeah, it's plus one because I'm, I'm absolutely go. perfect. You know what I'm saying? So six dice to keep track of how many hit points does goku have and yeah that and that honestly like and that's that's not how this system would work but just stay worst case scenario, like oh okay uh this is the trinity or galactus you know what i mean like something some cosmic power of incomprehensible uh durability cthulhu something you don't destroy you have to find another way to beat it because you're never gonna deplete its hit points kind of kind of thing. Yeah no we could even play that game. So that way you could have Cthulhu versus Galactus.
0: And and then you hear me scream how the hell with ten dies did I get a crit fail? <laughs>
1: well and uh, well and the great thing is is like no matter what uh, unless you've got like a high rate of fire right some kind of like rapid attack uh then you're just rolling a, one die per figure most of the time mm-hmm. uh makes it just real simple some of them have like okay if they do hit they get times two hits automatically like the most figures just fall like that like no it hits twice you know it's a big deal because you know uh it's essentially double damage but it's figured against you know a target's toughness too. Some targets have damage reduction, where it's like, no, uh, pit, you, you can't hurt pit with those weapons because he has, say, minus two damage reduction, so you're gonna have to do three points of damage to even hurt the guy, anything less bit. than right, anything less than that. He's just like, yeah, dude. Um, so as I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me bite your head off and crush your skull. Yes, not necessarily in that order <laughs> Bring
0: your spine hither I need to sharpen my nails.
1: right Come here. Come here I want to draw something. I'm going to use you as the crayon uh, And I want NASA to see it from the space station. <laughs> but yeah no we take that into consideration because, we want imagination to be the limit ultimately that, okay, cool. So you do have, this is, and it's all one to 60 scale. Everything is one to 60 scale. So one inch equals five feet, uh, Imperial standard. And yes, this system is on the Imperial standard unit of measurement because anything to not do metric. Um, mm-hmm. and. So that's a it's a it's a convenient scale. It's easy to do math on that. Right. So if it's 20 feet tall, it's four inches tall. If you've got uh, a 100 foot tall mech, that's 20 inches tall. That's almost two feet. But it's the scale. You got something like uh, Godzilla uh, at uh, at 300 yards tall, almost a thousand feet tall. Do it. Do it. That's ridiculous.
0: That's going to be why a huge STL file,
1: right? But you know, it's it's like why would you do that? Just no, no, it doesn't happen. We're we're gonna play it on the different scale, where we got the little tiny little tiny little dots, uh, because that's what it would take to fight a Godzilla that's a thousand feet tall. So you can go with the classic three hundred foot tall Godzilla, right? Uh, that's, um, what that's uh 300. It's uh, 60, It's 5 foot tall. It's a 5 foot tall statue. <laughs> Can you imagine playing that game, though? <laughs> You've got all these superheroes, like, going up against a 5 foot tall Godzilla mock-up. <laughs> it would be easier to move the terrain. <laughs> you have to rent out a whole convention hall just to play one game.
0: Uh, it's. It would be like, uh, okay, get get your army and I'm going to go to Andy's house and, <laughs> and borrow, borrow his Haslab uh, Galactus and, and be right back.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, dude. And that would be so much fun. Uh, you know, that could be a whole convention event where we just got a couple of drones that kind of pick up figures and move them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just have them fly over, go pick it up. I mean, those, they're they're not cheap. They're, those are like six seven hundred dollar drones. But dude, if we're if we can afford a uh, a five foot tall Galactus or Godzilla uh, or Cthulhu, uh, I think we can afford a couple of drones. <laughs> you know, but that's all fantasy talk. That's all fun talk.
2: And yeah. Whatnot.
1: But it is, it, you know, that's that is the that is the, uh, the that is like the attitude though. Is that the sky's the limit? Uh, we want you to have fun Uh, we implemented in the competitive gameplay rules that homegrown models are absolutely accepted and they can't be eligible for judging on in model contests like cool this is way off brand it's beautifully done so yeah it might win best paint job uh but it's you know, it might be ineligible for best paint job, but it's like hey, the model's like too off brand or something like that. Um, you know, it might not win the the canon uh contest, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it could have been like the best painted, the most uh the most beautiful best sculpted, you know what I mean? Best model. Yeah, they really uh, like
0: me, they really do.
1: Yeah, and be able to play in competitive gameplay because like Games Workshop forgot its own rule that they had for the longest time, you know, to get proxy. Like I could take my war, I could take my Warzone, uh, Mutant Chronicles, army, and say, yeah, no, these guys are, you know, Space Marines, and these guys count as this unit. These guys count as that unit. These guys count as that unit. They're their own chapter. You know, and just have fun. But they, they don't let you do that anymore.
0: They forget about the fun part and are just concerned with how much they can fleece their customers.
1: Yeah, no, and their and their product sales are going down, and we're going the opposite direction. We're like, okay, well, how many units can we move? Right, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to move the maximum number of units, and um, and and just get it into people's hands, like low buy-in points as well. Like have a board game, uh, have a small set where you, you, know, when you get together uh, uh, after, after a long week and just bust out the box and go have fun or bust out your custom boxes and set up the terrain pieces. Or you know what, pull out your favorite hex or square map, right, uh, from another game that's just on a one-inch scale. And have fun.
0: You could actually literally have a Hex Allen, map.
1: That's right. Now we got to have a Hex Allen. big picture of Hex Allen underneath. Him smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like a giant, like a giant uh, uh, garden that just makes Hex Allen's face.
0: He, uh, he was on one day and I'm like, there's something off about Hex. And I couldn't figure it out. He had one of his mom's wigs on. Oh, That's hilarious. (laughs) And I'm like, dude. He goes, I'll just take it. No, no, no. You've got that Derek Wildstar hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's an enemy as hell, man. Keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it going. Absolutely.
0: But that is, that's, wow, that's a lot
1: it is and it's this is the reason why I don't have a book out yet is that I've been building this I've looked for partners in the last few years and stuff either they've walked off fallen off or effed off and uh and it finally came through it's finally coming through it's no longer an if it's a when uh and it looks like we're gonna be hitting like full production uh come spring in time to release our our first round of uh, of products in the in like summer early summer, and then World War Hell will be making its uh, debut in fall with London falling box set, and three months later we're going to have the Red Wo- Red Winter box set with uh, the Soviet Union versus another Demon Prince, Marcosia, and uh, then in uh, in uh, March, we're going to have uh, Springtime of the Rising Sun with the uh, the Empire of Japan versus Lilith, and we're uh, then, then we're topping off the uh, War on Earth with uh, Star Spangled Summer, uh, which is uh, the USA versus Beelzebub. Nice. Yeah, and then then the really cool stuff happens that that fall that holiday season that's when like the ultra deluxe kind of collectors thing you have like the really cool collectors version of it uh box set comes out and that one is straight uh angels versus demons two armies that we are going to tease at uh and of course they are absolute fan service because they are everybody's they are most people's favorites are the ones that most people know, and it's the ultimate rivalry, the favored sons. Oh yeah, baby, it's going down.
0: Galenico in Tokyo.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. It, it's what's really fun too is it's also a story. Um, it that is like the full first year of literally hell breaking loose on Earth. And it's going to have full stories. Uh, we've got projects set up to uh, go to streaming services. So the the pilot episodes are in the works for that, for various things, because I've also got this Scalpel Zero is coming out. That's Apex Predator, uh, Prologue to Retribution. Then after that comes out, then we'll go into Retribution uh, twenty the year 2065 when the world as we know it now changes and becomes a world that is more familiar to those who are fans of cyberpunk. We, we watch the world change before our very eyes. Uh, what is it, as they say, uh, centuries can go by where only decades worth of stuff can happen, and decades can go by, and uh, or centuries can go by in decades, something of that sort. I know I'm terribly paraphrasing that, but. It's one of those moments, the singularity that a lot of writers talk about. That's something that's fascinated me. We got twenty one demons. We've got we got something that's gonna be, grab the SCP, smack them around the room, and then then wander off going, Yeah, never heard of her.
0: Oh, you mean something like this?
1: Uh, let me uh get to the uh the street guard. What you get there? What you get there? Uh, yes sir yes sir yes sir yeah there we go the prologue to uh, prologue to retribution zero to twelve three three act story with an interlude uh zero to twelve zero to three and zero to twenty one good cyberpunk action uh, as we see scalpel zero a prototype cyber droid who's been online for about ten years uh cyber droid being a a a bios biosynthetic and artificial component uh android um or a or the second definition would be a robot with an organic processing unit right Mm -hmm. so uh she's been online for 10 years and all the legalities regarding production are 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 done so the uh, the new units are coming out and we pick up where she is being field tested uh, against these new units to see how, because they already know how she works. She's the apex predator. And this is this is the nastiest thing in the concrete jungle, um, and they're going to test test it in various environments uh, against the new ones. So act one is a jungle adventure and a war zone. Act two is a murder mystery actually. And act three is one of those just delicious cyberpunk-esque we gotta go do some high tech black ops corporate nastiness. There's gonna be some murder involved (laughs) (laughs) and it yeah it's gonna be great. About two hundred pages in all ten ten issues, uh three acts that's going to be fantastic. Twenty One Demons is coming out. That one's got over one hundred twenty pages, full color. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We got a we got a decent group of creators back here, uh, and uh, working on their stuff. We have such we have talent working on these projects, like uh, uh, like Ali Sanguis and Kimo Sabi. Oh, nice. Yeah, Brian Lee Carver. Um, they they are instrumental in some of these projects going on man so you know know it's good it's Uh good Uh my computer's freezing up Uh oh well here i can do this as well (coughs) uh nope that's the wrong one i wanted to go to that one there we go all right so let me get this into place and then get back to this and say nope what Streamyard. come on now there we go okay that's better yes yes Uh, yeah so we got the cover right there that's that's the original cover the uh the falling cover page one. Of course, none of the words are on here yet. Like, uh, I, like I was saying before the show, I got this script back a little over a month ago. I'm finishing up the artwork for the entire project, and I'm going to put in the lettering. Make sure that's correctly, the And then that's got to go back to the back to a visual editor to make sure that the lettering is, is properly, that the eye flow is good uh, because the script's been edited to this, So we're good. <laughs> <coughs> page two and three right here. Uh, I spent years doing storyboards, which really helped with uh, visual storytelling, Uh, getting a sequence of events concisely posted uh, and whatnot. Simple, easy to flow, easy to follow kind of. uh, Oh, that's the wrong one. There we go. So run it, jumps out. A little ex- uh, expletive this is not for kids by the way none of these are for kids uh mostly in the prologue to retribution mostly due to language and uh there's no gore porn but there is some excessive violence right so uh not exactly suitable for kids there will be a censored version that will come out that's got all the nasty words kind of bleeped out uh, and that'll be for young read. That'll be for uh, your not. I wouldn't say young reader, but because uh, uh, that definition has changed now, the young readers used to be a lot older.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. used to be a young a young reader once upon a time.
1: Right, but you know, for your shonen shinin crowd, your teenagers, tweenagers and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be all right for them. And then, yes, a little nod to the Crack Pack up here in the Explode sound effect. Uh, I love their energy, and I love the fact that they're pushing out comics. I really get into, like, I I love stark contrast sometimes. It works great for certain bits of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then this was originally, I was originally going to crowdfund this book at 48 pages, but then I was like, you know what? No, nah. and this was going to be the drawn in tier, which this person appears quite frequently uh, through the uh, first and second book. This first and second issue, this, this corporate executive right here. But I was like, you know what? No, nope. uh, I gotta go back to draw it again. This, this scuffled girl, so happy, uh, so utterly pleased with herself. Uh, this this <laughs> has ramifications, by the way she ain't no mary sue uh, and knowing that like yeah she just obliterated them by luring him into a trap i mean like as she looks up with wonder upon the chaos that she has wrought she has just destroyed everything and uh you know a little bit of annoyance in her eye as 12 comes running up behind her and uh but that attitude switches around pretty quick to a uh almost a psychotic level of overconfidence and uh 12 is like no dude like for real you were way off mission on that that was really bad stupid talking down like you know prototype you should be retired so kind of talk you know uh I, i sourced a lot of bots and did a lot of researching on how artificial intelligences do talk to each other, Mm -hmm. uh, when coming up with the dialogue. So when I I put the dialogue actually, and that's a spoiler for people who get the book, you know, uh, I know I'm not going to, not a spoiler, but that's, that's, that's for people who get the book. You get to read it. Uh, everyone else just gets to look at the pretty pictures. And of course, you know, this, this, uh, this doesn't, this once again, ramifications. Uh, that, that big nasty that uh, we saw shooting at her here, lurking in the background there. Uh, it's just going to bring a lot of trouble. So, And this is the alternate cover right here. Still a little bit of work in progress, as you can see. Uh, there's a little something special for the audience out here in TV land.
0: I'm actually not seeing anything besides...
1: Oh really? The original falling cover. Oh my goodness gracious! This OBS update is is, I'm not having it. Okay, so let's. Yes, we have yes, so yeah, we got the original cover right here. I'm gonna have to expand this out now. So we got the opening shot right here. This is the title page uh, where we're gonna have all the cool stuff, uh, and then. You know, good, nice visual storytelling. I hide a lot of details in here, too. Uh, of course, you know, being a little reckless has its disadvantages. Got a stuff down the hill, and then you know, a little twang of a trip line and a dot to the crack pack over here with a giant crack
0: coom. <laughs> bow,
1: bow, indeed, good sir, bow indeed. <laughs> uh,
0: bow is also an action that might keep that landmass from taking your head up.
1: Uh, right, and uh, of course, you know Zero's gotta. After they went down the down the slope, they had to go check out what they see. A look at that look of wonderment in her eyes. As uh, yeah, no, it is just obliterated and uh, an obvious little bit of displeasure as 12 comes running out behind from behind. Uh, And, uh, you know, look at that psychotic over level of overconfidence from the prototype uh, who honestly um, hasn't been given much of a challenge in a few years. So this has led the machine learning algorithms to kind of develop a little bit of a penisy attitude, uh, and as we all know, <laughs> you don't be a penisy kid. Yeah, don't be a dick. Uh. Uh, yeah, and twelve is running up. Like obviously, like some serious. Like, are you just fucking kidding me? Like, come on now. Like, yeah, you know what? You, you done messed. You messed up. You're sloppy. You should be retired. And. Uh, that Borg and here we come back that Borg that was on that uh that previous page right here the one shooting at her here, and lurking in the background uh that's gonna it's gonna lead to a lot of trouble and I, I I even though I don't do like not every page you know has the bleed over from page to page I do work in patterns like this because this is how you're gonna see it when you open that book. This is what you're going to see. So this, this really plays a big part in visual storytelling because a lot of people just treat pages like individual pages. And I'm like, well, these two pages that are going to be next to each other, uh, even though you have to, when you're formatting for printing, you got to split them up throughout the book. Um, like this is what the audience is going to see here. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that... I will visually read your story first. And if I cannot tell the story from that. right, Or at least infer the gist.
0: That panel right there on the right-hand side has some definite shades of Blade Runner.
1: Oh, which one?
0: The original one. Well, the, the panel to the right with the... Uh...
1: Hold on, let me get up my... My uh I'll get up my thing here. Here we go. Which one?
0: Off to the right.
1: Off to the right.
0: Right there. This one? Oh, okay, yeah. Between right. between the two. It it's it's kinda like, you know, the new version versus Daryl Hannah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got zero up here on top, who is just so full of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um And twelve, this is Scalpel Twelve, whose nickname is the Professional, because it's by the book, it's done right, or you don't do it at all. Uh, And has been instrumental in 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 guerrilla counter option uh, 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 counter operations against the uh, the Venezuelan uh, government, who in thirty two marched straight through. Uh, cut and taken about half of Colombia and moved all the way up to the Panama Canal which forced Mexico to move all the way down to the Panama Canal that's the first Panamanian conflict Mexico consuming its neighbors incorporating them into the into the Commonwealth of the Yucatan and uh building and uh what sparks the second war is that uh, uh they build the Guatemalan Canal now in history that was the other place we were going to build a canal down there. Yeah. Guatemala. Uh, so they built the Guatemalan Canal. And now uh, Venezuela's like, well, well, then why are you still on our doorstep? We got this land in between. Uh, so, you know, we're going to push all the way to your doorstep. And they're still kind of pushing on each other's doorsteps to this day, but kind of keeping the trade lines open. Uh, yeah. It's a different, it's, it's, uh, it's Trotsky's soviet union not stalin's mm. yeah so there's there's a lot of little fun little bits but i you know i tell that stuff story-wise and it's it will have a good re uh, rereadability because there will be details in the background uh there will be like there no nothing is no details drawn without purpose uh, that's probably one of the best things I can say about my visual style of storytelling is that there's no detail without purpose.
0: Right so now, this is a question I have to put to you. So, game wise, yes, you will have a mini comic like like He Man and uh, yeah, like the superpowers stuff. Except those are like the mini comics
1: yeah yeah like something that just kind of expands upon what you got in front of you
0: but uh-huh. in the big sets like not when you come out with like the master the master set for all four of the uh the quarterly ones going right. into first year production but like in those big box sets instead of like a little eight-page comic that goes with this certain band of figures and that certain band of figures. Will there be like like a full floppy in there?
1: Yeah, well, like a like a good you know sixteen, a maybe sixteen to twenty-four-page book would definitely go in that. And of course, with like any of the rule books, that would have some storytelling in it because it just helps move helps. It can help the player come up with their own story. If they can read a little bit of story, maybe they want to play in the canon universe. Maybe they want to make their own universe where their army is Hello Kitty. Um, I lost to the Hello Kitty army once, the, the Space Marines. Was, I was oh, very God. embarrassed and at the same time, honored.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Bad. It, it was a great comp. comp, comp beautifully composed army perfectly made for the meta at the time and it just steamrolled people it was gorgeous um i was sad to be in front of it um but uh yeah no just to kind of like like little comics yeah and it like i like with the gachapon a little three panel like newspaper strip Mm-hmm. Uh, Something that could be folded up, rolled up, and stuffed in the box. Because it would be a tiny box. I mean, that's probably like an inch and a half cubed. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, um, Or probably even like maybe an inch and a half squared by uh, two inches tall. You know what I mean? So, uh, or something along those lines. We're still kind of figuring that out. That, you know. But everything has its production date we're running on deadline uh and this is definitely like we're we're hitting the ground like 2023 is is where it's coming out and uh, we're swinging for the fences and we especially with the world economy is going the way they're going people are going to want inexpensive entertainment they're going to want to get a lot of fun out of every last denomination of their currency oh yeah Replayability, re-readability, uh, re so on and so forth. So that's that's something that we're aiming to do, and we we'll hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get this popular enough that we can uh, uh, we can start introducing people to some of these larger IPs out here in the comics. Uh, but you know how it goes with those folks. Those folks, they're not messing around. They're here to do business. So you you don't go to them unless you're going to make them money oh yeah yeah and it's it's fine they they do a lot of charity they do a lot of, of, of promoting and helping out the, the the smaller folks but the ultimate concern is like as it should be with any businesses how do you assist my bottom line you know no offense i mean like you know we could be the best friends in the world but it's like rah, are you gonna are you gonna make me money while i make you money Am mm-hmm. I going to sell a couple of copies to your fans? Am I going to sell some few copies to your fans? Well, uh, I sell a few copies to my fans. Right. Because that's how we need to grow. Uh, a lot of people get upset about that, but it's like, well, you know, I worked in business for a long time. I worked in business. I've worked on management side of things. Um, I, 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 I learned, I listened to and learned from people who were like self-made millionaires and uh especially from the ones who weren't douches so i'm like well, you're a millionaire and you're not a douche uh how do you do it <laughs> 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 how do you be a good person and still make money it's like oh well you know you got to have this energy you got to have this excitement you got to have this pizzazz. Need more pizzazz um and that's it you know like like when like, big guys are saying like hey build your brand get out there market 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 mm-hmm. and often because they are so insanely talented in what they do they don't know the world of marketing uh they don't know the world of, of business it's a lot of loopholes or not loopholes but pitfalls yeah uh, uh like wrecked planet is is coming out and yeah it, it's late but it's gorgeous the product is high quality extra production value has been added on the back end is it enough to make up for its lateness? Um, honestly, that and the yeah, you're gonna always have shrinkage. You're always gonna have shrinkage uh, of client, of customers, and consumers.
0: But, oh, oh, I thought I thought you were picking on me because I'm old.
1: Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you're you're still these guys have been. You know, Ethan's been growing his stuff, so his business mm-hmm. is. Is larger than ever, and not to seem callous or just to disregard anyone who is upset. Uh, no, you have every right to be upset and 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 redress your grievances. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it's working out for him, and he's getting better and faster at it. Like he's learning a lot. Uh, like some of the newer products are coming out faster than the older products because things have been streamlined so efficiently. Yeah. Lessons learned. Um, and it's great because I haven't seen, I haven't seen him make the, the same business mistake twice. And that really gives me hope. Right. Oh
0: yeah.
1: First issues, first issues are usually the worst issue, to be honest. Like the, the, the big, the cool stuff usually happens later in later issues, like the really cool ground shaking stuff. So uh, and I see that with each book that he's putting out, it's getting better. Right, uh, except for the weirdos who will just be upset at anything, uh, or just or just not are just not satisfied. I, I you know, I observe that the, there's improvements uh, that things are getting better, and that's what we need. We need that from these big guys. Uh, because if they if they fail, there's no such thing as too big to fail. We found this out. Oh, so yeah. if they fail, uh, it's it's like a sinking boat. Like if you're not far enough away from that, uh, it'll take you down with it. And unfortunately, that boat's so big that it, it might even drown a couple of companies. So yeah, no, that needs to succeed. It has to succeed. And we can't do anything but hope that these people that have their big boats uh, are are properly learning and doing business. Um, I know that ISIM's come under a lot of criticism uh, for it, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but it was done right. And I guarantee that that second issue is going to be worlds better because when you're starting a business always learning things that's why it takes like 3 years to turn a profit on a of business
0: yeah the only problem i see with with that comics wise is if the first issue doesn't kick punt, punch you in the gut and drag you down right into and that world should. then you're not going to have a second issue or your second issue is going to go where sales on your second issue should go up by at least twenty percent. They're going to go down by fifty percent.
1: Yeah, and it's going to take. And even if it is better, uh, it's going to take longer to convince me to to meet that sales goal. Uh, because a, a you,
0: you you yeah. left a sour taste in people's mouth out there. That's game. right.
1: First issue wasn't as well received and this is why a lot of stuff like I treat comic books like anime uh that you know I give it a good three iterations like episodes issues etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah uh to really find its legs like look at Star Trek uh it, it took three almost it took almost like it took over two seasons for it to become the like I'm talking original series to become recogn- the recognizable as the original series as we can all spot it in a meme,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like that that show was all over the place. Same thing with uh, uh, last uh, Next Generation. Yeah, it didn't hit it get its legs until it season one of episode three, or sorry, season three episode one. Uh, where you know finally Jordy's in engineering. Uh, the bridge crew is as you recognize them they're wearing the colors you recognize uh and they have the dynamic the characters are fleshed out the characters are very a lot of the characters are very different than they were in that pilot episode uh encounter far you know what i mean so yeah sometimes you got to give it a minute and that's unfortunately the consumer market is cruel unforgetting and unforgiving Mm and uh which is why it's always good to have another ip
0: and the the other thing with the consumer market is uh you know they can be all for your product over here
1: yeah
2: and
0: then like "Ooh, shiny and now they've completely forgotten that you even exist
1: yeah and i see a lot of creators and i largely consider this to be a mistake i see them coming out with a whole bunch of their different ideas and i'm like look give your thing at least a three act treatment before moving on to your next idea. Mm-hmm. Give it a solid three act treatment. Uh, give them something to really sink through, Let them get full, give them a full story arc, tell them a tale, spin them a yarn. Right. Um, and let people get a feel for it. Like I see John Malin, you know, graveyard shift. Um, dude, he's, he's doing good. Uh, he's had relatively consistent sales on it. Uh, he's got a solid, he's got a solid audience. And, uh, is it a huge audience? No. Uh, is it, a, is it profitable? Does it allow him to, uh, do what he wants to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good. Uh, he's transitioning more to a leadership position, which is what he wants to do in life. You know, he wants to be a gym shooter, a Tom DeFalco, a Stanley, a Julia Schwartz. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's great, and uh, I'm watching. I'm like, oh yeah, no, th- this one's gonna fund really well. It's already almost 80k, and it's just at its halfway point. Um, so it's that one's gonna do just fine. Uh, I I I I I'm not super into the subject matter, but I you know for me it was all right. You know what I mean? Like, I, i'm more into um more into stuff like nevelyn squadron and mm-hmm. and uh uh door kickers uh, roach balls dude i can't oh roach it. balls
0: is awesome and dude, it's it's it's, it's it's weird because uh um be, before we jumped in and uh we're like pre showing in the back room and everything uh mm-hmm. i was i was watching uh global freak because they had uh you know, the Comics Gooey uh, right. magazine crew on. And, you know, I, I was I was busting chops because there was like, there's only, they only had one person on the panel uh, that hadn't published anything yet. Uh-oh. And <laughs> so my, you know, my quick jab at him was, wow, until I saw... In name here when you watch that episode later. Uh, right. I never knew Freddie Mercury had a son.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Any he's you speak- he's got he's got the Freddie mustache. Speaking of of of, of you know Neff uh, at Global Frequency, the Mavericks Mavericks man like that. I'm way into that stuff. Like I'm oh, a heavy yeah. metal. 2008 underground like pirate corpse is still one of my favorite comics from slave uh uh from slave labor uh press mm-hmm. yeah. There's, yeah gosh it's been so long you know the creators of milk and cheese the guy who sank heavy metal magazine to begin with before it was bought out by a ninja turtles creator who decided he was going to sink it further uh, yeah. which really broke my heart uh because pirate corpse is just so much fun um uh, i love things like and i'm not too into like like there are a couple of superheroes like um there are a couple ma'am i'm gonna do uh that that i really do like like superhero books Uh, and i like the new flavors these aren't your typical like oh in the city of townsville uh kind of superhero stories i really enjoy those like inglorious rex i want to get my hands on that so bad i the kids and i love starlight cats I absolutely love that one that one's a family reading book like we sit down and we hang out and we practice our reading with starlight cats because comics are a gateway to literacy yes um, they are uh, my youngest son who's nine is like a, a johnny phantasm super fan nice. he stole my shirt i bought the shirt <laughs> Because i like shirts and hats and he stole it <laughs> he straight jacked it he said sorry uh-huh. dad go buy yourself a new shirt my daughter uh-huh. does that too i am a long i am a long way
0: from being able to fit back into a 3x uh-huh, and everybody's yeah. like damn how big you well uh about a few years back i was pushing around 600 pounds
1: uh, my,
0: and, uh, and I am now 380. Uh, oh, good 380, stuff. 385. So, heck yeah, that's great. That's I'm, great. I'm half the person I used to be. Hi, uh, man. but I want to be more like the person I was in my 20s now. Right. No bones about it. I was still fat. Right. But I, but I carried it well. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like 6'3 and, uh, Six two, six three. I used to be six three, but then again, you know, shrinkage. Um, right. And but I I had here, but now uh, I have. I used to be a redhead, and mm-hmm. my my daughter's a redhead. But uh, to start one of the many teenage battles, <laughs> she went and dyed her hair with what looked like shoe polish because it looked like she had like gone and played in a mud puddle made out of. Made out of tar. Uh, oh goodness! When she showed up at my house, and I'm like, "Did you just put shoe polish in your head?" Because it was like stiff as a board, too. And I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." Oh dear lord! So now she's got it. She's got her red hair, her beautiful red hair, uh, dyed black, but has, in 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 homage to the Joker, I believe, or possibly even the character that was called Harley queen the original uh also known as the joker's daughter where they went back and forth she was the daughter of some batman villain but then eh, not so much um so she's got like this section of like green joker hair okay coming you know coming down like
1: as as part well, of see, her bangs. that sounds fun and i'm like a go, certain crowd of people ruined dyed hair
0: yeah and uh then she also went and got a bull ring piercing in her nose. <sighs> yeah, so did mine. <laughs> uh, and I'm just like, you know, I need a nine volt battery to test this theory out.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, no, it's <laughs> hilarious. I kept teasing teasing her about it. Actually, I largely just ignored it, and and the problem and the problem solved itself, itself. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh well, yeah, oh well, that's really nice looking. Oh yeah, that's a really cool looking piece of jewelry you got there. I can't imagine. Usually, what she does
0: is because you can flip it up in, so nobody can see it. Yep. So that's what she does, like around me. But if we go out, like we go go out to like the pizza parlor or something, or to the park, uh, it it comes
1: out. Right, because it's a piece of jewelry. You're meant to show it off. No, I did. But, you know, I know I was I grew up in punk culture you know I I, I didn't get all the piercings but I uh, know I understood it
0: I mean I got my ear pierced because I was 16 and some some girl a little older than me that was working at at the place that pierced everybody in the mall there you, you go you look really good with your ear pierced right right
2: uh, okay
0: um, it, it came out two weeks later infected and and closed up on its own i can still feel the bump there like under the under the skin Yeah, the
1: calcification
0: yeah so i'm like you know okay so that's all you know that's all well and good but i'm like it's done it bothers me at first right and you know i go into you know immortal hulk mode and then after that i'm like yeah whatever (laughs) you know when when she gets older she'll realize how pompous she looked with a with a bull ring through her nose
1: I'm like hey you know just
0: because
1: like we I tell, had like-
0: we had tattoos to piss off our parents right they've, right. they've got facial mod pieces of metal to, yeah to I'm off. like
1: hey at least you're not gauging you know what I mean like you're not putting in gauges Oh, okay. to stretch it all out you're not getting tattoos on your face destroying any possibility of being respected in society um
0: he's talking to you mike tyson
1: <laughs> well he has enough money to uh, get away with it you yeah. know what i mean uh, you know and i uh, outside of like traditional cultural tattooing mm-hmm. uh, on the face i don't think any of that stuff looks good anyways it looks stupid especially yeah. when they're just trying to imitate it the worst joker ever
0: yeah and and the people would it's like how in the world did you get tattoos on your eyelids <laughs> or more importantly <laughs>
1: why oh oh no yeah i can't i can't do that one i, I can't even i can't even imagine I, I i don't have any tattoos because i can never make up my mind long enough uh that I was like, wait, that's gonna cost me how much money and how many times am I gonna have to come here to get this done? Dude, I I ain't got no time for that. I got other things to do.
0: <laughs> I got a few, but now I'm uh because of medical problems, I'm on a blood thinner for life. So
1: Oh yeah, that's that's right out then.
0: Yeah, so I'm like mm, guess not. So like right. I got the ones I got and that's all that I got. You know, so. Word. That's the best. That's the way it goes.
1: That's the way it goes. Diddling, diddling, diddling. Oh, that's a client. That's a. That's one. I'm working on this for Paladin Dragoon right now. Uh. There we go. Let me see here. Where is the? Where did I hide it? Um no where are you where is that uh oh okay there it is boom with the pencils oh yeah there we go and i can nuke that layer so that way you can actually see the underlying pencils here very nice this picture this is for paladin dragon which is coming out in a couple of years uh this is uh this is a project for 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 the for the creator of the project uh, or i should say this is a commission for the creator of the project they've got a dynamic thing i'm glad to be a part of it i'm also working uh, on um neon revenant coming out from rock hard comics Ooh. i'm the lead artist on that project uh have got um, he's got amazing like covers from some heavy hitting names and you're gonna have like dynamic awesome internal pages so and beautiful colors for my ron strange uh, on that one uh, it's, it's it's good man uh, it's going to be a busy year for me i'm very excited and you know i'm although i do run like right now like i do run periodically from time to time i run sales uh, to just kind of like stir up a little bit of artwork out there uh, usually because I'm working on something that I can't post. So I'll be like, hang it, all right, I'm going to run a sale just so I can get some eyes on some fresh material and uh, make, some, make some quick bucks. Uh, I've got a sale that ends tomorrow at uh, noon Eastern. So definitely, definitely check out my Twitter for that one. Contact me today. Book me for your project.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. And your Twitter link is not only in the chat, but it's in the uh, show notes, either up above or down below, depending on where people ah. are watching us.
1: And awesome. if, they're, if you're listening,
0: it's actually in the description of the podcast. So if you Gorgeous. just scroll down, you'll uh, you'll, see, uh, you'll see Tank's uh, twitter handle and when you go further down you'll see my link tree uh that i need to update but i will uh because there's oh there's so many things
1: yeah right now i'm doing rapid turnarounds because i've got a book to put out so i can't have a bunch of commission work sitting on my desk but uh i still have a family to support and uh, bills to pay and this is what i do (laughs)
0: so get it while you can
1: right now i remember one time i did an advertising and i was running a sale and like dude it's like some people came out and attacked me how dare how dare i try to make money and i'm like what is wrong with you dude Are you wanted to go start go fund me i mean
0: uh, how I dare, dare you under undercut our thousand dollar sketch cards what oh,
1: right <laughs> Uh, I wish I was that good that I was undercutting thousand dollar sketch cards. Uh- <laughs> now, well, see, the easiest squad way to undercut, right?
0: Yeah, squad goals. The easiest way to undercut a thousand dollar sketch card is to not charge a thousand dollars for a sketch card.
1: Although I really would love to be able to request those kinds of prices. I want to be that busy and and that good uh like i said earlier on twitter you know i'm obscene and i'm talented i'm still working on combining the two <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh one of my one of my favorite
0: modern artists uh that's more in the mainstream even though he is uh the gr- the glorified uh sadly now just the glorified cover artist of uh of dynamite entertainment is uh oh. jml and mm. I would love to get a commission from him, but I have not won the lottery yet. So, right for more than $20, uh, that's not really going to cut it. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I understand because when I crowdfund this book, one of the things that I I, that's why I have to kind of like get it out there, get it into people's hands, and uh, it's because I want to get some John Zalesnik artwork, uh, John Zalesnik. You know, fantasy science fiction painter, uh, well known throughout the, the role playing game circuit, especially. Oh, yeah. And he's a fan of the project, and so I've got a sweetheart deal from him uh, on the work, but it's still pricey, mm-hmm. and uh, it's still pricey. And but that kind of geeks me out that he's a fan of the scalpel zero. Oh, yeah,
0: well, because yeah. you know. Cheap art ain't good, and good art ain't cheap.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you have you have your three factors, right? Good, cheap, and fast. And uh, you can only pick two. Mm-hmm. Which is why I call these sales unicorn sales because it's good, it's fast, and it's cheap. So it's my unicorn sale. Grab it while you can, because I don't do this. <laughs> it's not worth the stress. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I mean, I know I know that for a fact. Because uh, Sean every week he's got he's got you know commissions all the time, uh-huh. but the only time him and I uh, you know spend a bunch of time together is during the Monday night draw stream, right? And he never works on commissions on that because a lot of people like I don't want anybody seeing what I got right and a lot of uh as you know a lot of commission stuff uh can be a little spicy
1: uh yes I actually have a very shall we say Sakami-chan uh black and white commission where I've got the two modes the safe for work and not safe for work versions
0: (laughs) yeah there's those
1: Yep, yeah, so I've got one of those. Uh that uh yep, yeah, nope. I can do the foundation of it live. I can do some of the stuff. But uh I ain't finishing it. No sir. I like my channel. Nope.
0: What happened to that piece of art? Well, uh do you know so and so? No. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry, but you're never going to see the finish.
1: No, you, you, you'll be able to get that one. Uh, you'll probably be able to see that one in Tanker Presents Magazine, uh, which hopefully is that that one it will be coming out um, for quarter of 2024. Oh, very nice. Uh, Variety Magazine. Um, I'm specifically looking at creators who have uh, underachieved, in my perception, on their funding to and we got a bunch of variety stories that are going to be in there as well some staples so kind of like a meeting point between heavy metal magazine which was really just kind of like a variety show and Mm -hmm. stories would be around for like maybe four or five issues tops uh kind of like a meeting point between that and shown a jump where you've got your ongoing series that's coming out eight pages to 16 pages at a time yeah right uh so and once again fair profit share deals and everything so that these people get paid they get paid so that way they can they can make the money to um they can they can make the money to continue to bring more of this content out. um because i want to see them succeed i'm so tired of it i'm like at this point i'm like anti-mainstream i have most mainstream words ips and stuff like that i have those words muted on twitter and most social media i just mute the words i don't even want to see it i don't care show me your indies (laughs) let me see the new stuff let me see something new i want to see more stuff like you know six gun gorilla oh yeah Yeah. you're gonna give me uh... superhero stuff give me more reaper destroyer and american bliss and common america and, and and perfect Ten. you know uh black tiger uh you know give me more I want to see your superhero stuff let me let me see more in Gloria's Rex
0: I did see where uh the six-gun gorilla omnibus is funding on zoot
1: yes Brian has been running an experiment over there and I'm I really want to have a nice long talk with him and pick apart his data because he is a very astute gentleman and I would love to see uh, what his what his information comes out to? I looked because I I like the omnibuy, mm-hmm.
0: and then I looked and and saw that his omnibuy was in the form of a trade paperback.
1: Yeah, and I'm a I'm a lover of hardcover. Mm. Yeah, the, hardcover option is always
0: good. Simply because once you stop reading it or like once you actually open the book Mm -hmm. the front and back cover start doing curly cues
1: yep 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 that is absolutely true um no sir i don't like it no sir i don't like it (laughs) uh and i'm absolutely with you on that no i i see a lot of these crowdfunding campaigns and some of them that i bought into have delivered to me retail quality copies Mm -hmm. i'm like dude i paid a lot of money for this book this should be a collector's quality copy um you know make sure that you got a profit margin big enough that you can afford to overprint make sure that you've got enough to cover this like when you hit that that funding goal should be your zero sum game Right, unless you're so big you don't care and you're just going for the algorithm. Right. Yeah. I see a lot of small campaigns do like, oh well, I'm gonna do what the big guys did and say it's five hundred bucks, and then they're struggling to complete it, and it's then they fall off the map, they reappear two years late, and they're like, Hey, it's all coming out. And it's like, Okay, well, people are angry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the model personally that uh, a bunch of creators I know run with
2: mm-hmm.
0: where the project's actually done before they go to crowdfunding. Yeah um, I think one you know the only the only way that usually doesn't happen is if the creator is is the writer and uh, is skillless in the art department.
1: Oh. editors. Ghost writers, ghost writer allows you to look good and you get to take the credit and they're taking a premium on that writing rate so you can take the credit because they don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Uh, Like for real, staffing is important. Yeah. Staffing is important. Production line is important. Like today I was talking to one of my creators and I was like, all right, so go find me three guys that uh, doesn't matter of their art style, but they have to have their basics in, form, perspective, and whatnot that, that visually tell stories the best way you think this story will be told. Uh, and what we're gonna do is I'll go in, once he has that information, I'm gonna go in and talk to them and do the actual like contract negotiations. And they're gonna do the breakdowns because we have a great uh, rendering artist but they have a weak spot in their visual storytelling, but the artwork is great. So, okay, cool. We'll just do what Julia Schwartz did for Rob Liefeld. We're gonna go get Dan Juergens to do your breakdowns. You know, or whoever (laughs) the hell did his, I think it was Dan Juergens who did his breakdowns. And dude, Hawk and Dove, that a breakthrough miniseries is still my favorite of his work, even though the rendering is not as good. Yeah, Like the inker did not understand what Rob was doing because Rob was was ahead of his time. Even though as 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 much as it still needed to bake a little bit more in the oven, but that's where a good production team comes in handy. Tony Wong knocks out a kung fu comic every two weeks with a staff of 29 people, each doing one step of the process. And the, the kung fu Tony Wong has been producing the exact same look of his comics for what 30 40 years now Yep, and i know exactly what i'm getting into with a tony wong comic i know there's going to be some killer kung fu action
0: and that that's the biggest part of a visual medium is we need to see you know action right there's yes there's plenty of uh you know storytelling styles and and character development but you know every writer isn't a you know a chris claremont or uh you know and every you know artist isn't gonna be
1: you know uh yeah it's mark Silvestre, you know
0: yeah oh yeah and and uh some of my favorite X-Men covers were from
1: Silvestri. Oh, for real. He's the guy who got me to reading X-Men. That that's where it all started.
0: I met him back in uh 2013 at the first Rhode Island Comic-Con.
1: Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, no, I I, I met him
0: that... and, and when I uh in 2019 when I covered the Rhode Island Comic Con for outright geekery outside of being able to sit and talk to Neil for about, I'm in a wheelchair, so I'm always sitting, I know. Uh, <laughs> sitting and talking to Neil and his daughter and, uh, and his lead crew guy for about 45 minutes. Later on, down the other end, I got to meet another hero of mine as I'm a, basically a child of the 70s. And I mm-hmm. grew up with the, the world's greatest superhero line. And and Mego, that made all those awesome Star Trek action figures, the eight-inch versions and the cloth costumes with the utility belts, with the, uh-huh. the phasers and communicators and tricorders and everything. Uh it turned and I got to meet Marty Abrams, who created that, took the took the company from his dad and made this huge empire out of it. Um that Star Wars defeated later on in the 70s. Yeah. Um But it turned out that all the original box art for World's Greatest Superheroes and, like, Star Trek and some of the monster stuff and other things was actually Neil. Because he was already working, you know, for Marvel and DC. He was very young, you know, back then, but he he was still a superstar. And Marty hired him to do the production artwork for the world's greatest superhero boxes and there was i guess there was a picture taken with them with their arm around each other debuting Uh it back in like the late 60s early 70s and marty didn't know that neil was actually there and i mentioned it to him and he ran down and marty abrams got a new updated picture of older marty older neil uh you know modeling Uh for a picture I also get got to meet uh, Mr. Compass Comics, Graham Nolan, who I'm sure was sick of me by the end of the uh, <laughs> by the end of the convention uh, Bill McKay and uh, and uh, another favorite of mine, uh, Mike Grell. Oh nice. So I was like I was thrilled. I'm annoying people and hanging out and job well done.
1: Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I, am starting to get back out there. (laughs) Uh, I just was so busy on the business side of things that I, I barely have time beyond schmoozing these days Hmm. and I want that to change. I want to be able to like, just be a fan for a minute, which is why I have my, uh, my, my, my piece of fan art. Um, which I just put it all in one, put it all in one spot. Uh, i've got this uh this one right here hold on it's loading okay. come on yeah. load you can do it i know you can do it i believe in you here we go the comics gate mega collage whoa uh recently we got american bliss right there we got uh, krishna kid zenner embrace Speaking a little Nephilim Squadron, right? Some Skiska Gorilla, Black Rhapsody, Tropical Magics, Artifice Reanimate, Company Men, Bay of War with Siamese, Bad Vibes, Star Circuit, Smokes the Fox, Bonds, talus Ace, uh, Luani from Nat the Merc, Dreaded Dinosaur Man. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Shotgun Samurai, even though it's like right there, it's Shotgun and Samurai, what do you call him? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, century, right? Badger. Badger, Reaper Destroyer, uh, Ballot mirror from Battle of Celestials, Chaotic Flux, Canadian Shield, you know, uh, Devil Flyer, Black Dragon, uh Pariah Blood and Mud, Elizabeth from Pariah Blood and Mud, Cobalt, Sins of the Fae, uh so far on here. I'm in Pariah Blood and Mud from Doc. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, and we can't forget, up at the top, some frog shooting. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, as, as you can see, I'm starting to ink it. And so I'm going to ink it. And, I, and what's great is that each one of these represents somebody that I've had a chance to actually, like, sit down and talk to them about their comics their, or something that they've done and get them entered in to this this little lexicon right here and I'm gonna finish this up by the end of the year uh, I'm gonna throw it up on pirate Bay for anybody to just color play with download I don't care it's fan art okay I'll put it on pirate Bay because so that way people can torrent it and seed it uh and I don't have to, because it's a big picture this is a 350 dpi uh 36 by 48 inches wow so, hey, if you wanted to print out a wall scroll and they colored it with some fabric markers, that would be the most awesome thing ever. Send me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another reason why Pirate base so that way I can... Uh, I'm outlining all of the characters on here. I'm, I'm outlining all of these people. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, why? Why did that disappear? Or it would disappear? Oh, okay. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I'm outlining all of the characters on here, and there's going to be like a little number on it. And then there'll be a, another file that actually has like, what is the character's name, uh, their first appearance, their first published appearance, uh, uh, the website, uh, uh, who owns the copyright, and where can you buy it? Like, where's a store where you yeah, can buy that, it? Yeah, that's cool. That's kind of
0: like a, one of like, the big uh, cover spreads of, you know, like a, like a George Perez cover, and right. on the on the inside back cover, it would be an outline of every character and mm-hmm. a chart down the bottom telling you who the hell they were.
1: You yeah, know, exactly. Just which a little was, more emphasis because you, which got was so specifically
0: many. important when George Perez and Marvel right. did the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, because yeah. he literally drew every single character that ever existed in the DC universe. Uh
1: mm-hmm. huh. Every iteration of the, yep. And so, yeah, and I, I, you know, the the the. It's just my fan art. This is me being a fan, and just keeping it all in one place because it's like, look, and it's it's already contributed. It's already gotten, um, it's already garnered some attention for people. Like, ooh, what's that over there? Because they're like, oh, I recognize this IP that I like, and they're like, ooh, what's that thing next to it? Is that so and so? Well, actually, no. That's so and so. Or yeah, you're right. That's so and so. Well, what's that thing next to him? You know, that that's been fantastic. That's been absolutely fantastic because I'm really happy when that happens. I'm like good because I want to see these these succeed, and uh, I want more. And of course, we have uh, Fantelican up here. <laughs> yes, Fanta, phantasmagorical as uh, as as a pelican it's a cyber pelican from artifice reanimate
0: now since we've got a little frog g action going on up there Mm -hmm. uh do you think there might be an aro coming to this
1: oh definitely i definitely want to add that i mean there's so much stuff and honestly like i'll take it on tour i'll have it on my channel but uh the, the stipulation is I get to hang i get to hang out with this person get to talk about them and mm-hmm. their writing, right while i i draw it in it takes me uh, nowadays it, it takes me about an hour to get like a full character just done like she took about an hour uh, while i was conversating with uh, Dave Brick and just kind of hanging out nice and then it was like hey so is this right details good <laughs> it's like yeah nope that's it. That's all the details. Awesome. And that's the idea. So that way it's recognizable, even though it is, it's in my style. It's just the one style. Uh, but it's recognizable. Because uh, the idea is for me to share my fandom so that people will buy it. So that way the price point comes down for me. See, I'm really selfish, you see. <laughs> and I want more. In order for there to be more people need to buy this not just me lots of people
0: lots of peoples need to buy this
1: that's right
0: and then uh then the price point will come down to where all the peoples can afford to buy this
1: right um i gotta go here real shortly but i'll leave you with one last bit of uh bit of wisdom from the schwartz I was, I was like 15 years old at the time. And I was really getting into making my own original characters at this point. Uh, and not just like silly, stupid characters where I'm just kind of laughing and joking and not like, uh, fan fiction OCs type of characters, like real independent storylines, independent characters and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I was showing him to, to Julie and he's like, okay. Well, this is all really neat and everything. Uh, you know, this that gets to see a thousand of these a day, right? He's like, this is all neat and everything, but let me ask you a question. Where do you see your characters? And I was like, oh, I'd love to do a crossover. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, do, do, like, you know, do some crossover books. I'd like to have them published by such and such a company. No, no, no. Any he grabs me by the shoulder and points around the convention hall to all the vendors and goes where do you see your characters right and it's like he goes look you can buy superman (laughs) Mm band-aids everybody uses band-aids he's like and so it's like okay cool so make sure make it accessible to everybody and keep gatekeep the weirdos for real they they can be fans but they can stay to their little weirdo fan boards just with the rest of the weirdos that want to like hijack everything and make it their own right yeah anyway good sir I have to be running well,
0: thank you so much for coming and hanging out and, and talking a little bit of everything tonight.
1: Right. Uh, it's, I had a good time. I had a fun time just kind of hanging out, chilling. Um, I enjoy your show. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you. And yeah. we will definitely
0: have to have you back on once uh, you get past the uh, the London calling.
1: Oh yeah london falling yes yes um yes definitely we will be making circuits around we'll have media packs for people we'll have goodies uh, yeah no this is we're pulling out the stops for that we're still in organic mode and a uh, few of us are slinging our funny books which ain't so funny um, <laughs> but uh you know as they say bow bow so thank you very much, and uh, we'll we'll
0: be in touch, of course. And this will be out available on podcast uh, by tomorrow, sometime if if not earlier this this early morn. Uh, and uh, follow and check out Tank Ferret Art on Twitter.